I know that look. She's we need to be good now. Out. We need to be She's good. She's about to punch in the dick. This is the Liza look. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles <laughs> and Misfits. Grow up. Here no. <laughs> at the Recycle Garage. Grow up. All right. sunny Santa Cruz, California. USA. Ah. <sighs> You guys are unruly bunch, aren't you? Well, we, we tried, darling. What are you guys on mushrooms? Out of it. What? Who, who dosed what? your what? sodas today? What? Boy. Hey, everyone. We have uh, we got a lot of people in the room today. We're yeah, filling man, full house again. All the seats exactly. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say, uh, Aaron, you're gonna get hot pretty soon. I'm just giving you the heads up. Pretty soon. When I walked in, what happened? <laughs> hey, let's get to who is here in the room. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and I am charming. Is this true? I just my thing is I just say the first thing that comes into my head. It's usually been not so bad. <laughs> you don't want me to say hello to my wigwax anymore, so <laughs> you can do that. I'm not the boss of you. That. What? All right. Well, let's we'll give everyone else a chance. Also in the room tonight, joining us from a land far away that we will learn about later, <laughs> it's Sylvain. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Bonjour tout le monde. Hey, there you oh, go. Bonjour. I, I, I'm told I don't Hello say foreign things right very well, so I'm glad. <laughs> I can't say English I things right. That is true. <laughs> hey, and it's everybody's favorite exotic. Ugh. It's Knock. What's up, Ding Dongs? That's a dope shirt you got. What's, what's up with that? Uh, I guess this is my unicorn spaceman rainbow theme. You were, you were getting some under the wharf today, weren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got uh, a couple of parents going, hey, that's a great shirt. Yeah, it's a unicorn birthday theme party. Where's yours, dickhead? Like, come on. <laughs> gotta, you got to do it for the kids. Oh, my. I did see you had a tiara on today. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the park. I was all princessed out, bro. It was awesome. Like a boss. It was good. <laughs> okay. You right. have the strangest just... first dates, I just want to say. <laughs> uh, running the board right. tonight, it's Bagel. Je voudrais dire uh, bienvenue, Sylvain. Merci. Oh, hey. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh what? Oh, yeah. Very good. Fucking swat. <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs> yes, yes, please. And what? My mother was a saint. How dare you? <laughs> On the classy girl couch. Oh, it's Miss Emma. Hello, everyone. And just so you know, I come from a long line of imbeciles. <laughs> and wankers. And wankers. I'm carrying on the family tradition. Tra-la-la. Very good. Thank you, darling. Also, well then. on the classy girl couch tonight. Very classy. Classing it up. It's Aaron. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've locked the door. I can't get out. I, I know. I know. Yeah, nope. I can tell that look. Stuck nope. here with Let's us see. Now. Wow. What We're did here. I get myself into? It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the zoo. I'm excited to be here. It's all awesome. Right. <laughs> and uh, taking up the caboose on the Classic Girl Couch, it's Trev. What's up? The uh, resident hooligan on the Classy Girl Couch, I guess. Yeah. Yep. You really well, do have right. a good voice for radio. Oh, no, he does. And hooliganism. It's very chocolatey. <laughs> or should I say you have a good face for radio? Ring. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over in the corner on the train side of the room, it's Henry. Hello, what's up? 
There you go. You brought a new, new, new old bike today. It was my first bike. I've been, I've been to the garage before with it. I don't remember. Well, you weren't there. <laughs> oh, well, good, good. And uh, joining us, uh, is this your first time on the podcast? Yes, it is. It's Sarah. <laughs> Hi. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, you're not going to last I long. rode my first bike today. Yay! Yay. Muzzle top, I say. Muzzle top. <laughs> nice. And she didn't crash. I didn't Perfect. Crash. Yeah. No, I, I noticed you were learning right next to all the parked cars, and I was a little concerned. <laughs> more scratched. Nice. Uh, in the comfy chair, it's Naked Jim. Parlez-vous à Hummer Hummer. Fromage. Yes. Well then. Okay. Hey, my French I'm, game's strong. We're so say? not international. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And at the end, a, I apologize. At the end of the <laughs> line, fine. baby in the corner, it's Christian. What's going on? And it was very nice of you to let uh, Sarah ride your bike today. Yeah. I mean, it's a thousand dollar bike, so not a lot, not a lot goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. We thought you should have so aimed her into the bushes, <laughs> though, not out into traffic. Oh, well, yeah. That was the bushes. initial intention. <laughs> exactly. You did great, though. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I like, I'm still shaking, actually. Well, yeah, we're so, <laughs> so there was a lot going on in the garage today. Um, I was so happy to see Emma arrive, which is unusual. Um, <laughs> Charming. <laughs> what, her well, no. arriving or happy to see her? <laughs> or yes. Or no, yes. no, I was um, happily by myself for the morning. No one had showed up. And Jim came by. He showed up. Jim yeah, came by. Like, like you said, no one showed up. Jim came by to tell me he was leaving. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and I was just getting stuff done and working on my bikes and happy. And then, um, do you jo- know? Do you know why I was late, darling? Uh, you broke your heel at church. No, I was getting the ECU in my Jaguar reprogrammed, darling. Ah. Ah. In my Jaguar. Yes, darling. <laughs> so um, the first uh, gentleman showed up. Um, he was riding an FZ09. He wanted to. F- uh, uh. Oh, where did, yeah, where did he go? He, F- he was handsome. He wanted to replay, put rear sets on, which, oddly enough, you have to take the swing arm axle bolt out. Well, on the one side, yes, out. you do. Mm-hmm. No, it goes through. Yeah, no, but on the one side, you do. You on have the other side, you can just take the nut off and it comes off. But on the other side, yeah, the whole thing has to come out. You yeah. have to... Oh, because the, yeah, the yes, swing, swing arm bolt is spun. Yeah. yeah. Do they have to jack up everything? Yeah. Well, and then we were trying to figure out how to support the bike <laughs> um, and we were trying our front stands which are kind of okay. and then the whole exhaust runs down underneath the engine on one side not evenly hmm. and because we couldn't use the jack stands on the pegs because we we're going to pull them off and I'm like okay hmm, how are we going to do this we're trying I think you got to take the exhaust off and then I went Wait a minute. I remember the trick. And we've done this before. Got a center stand. But it took a while. It did not. It took a while for me to remember the trick of using the side stand. Yep. And if you push the bike over onto the side stand and stick a jack stand under the right side, uh, just the engine case, you've got the three points. You've got the front wheel. The jack stand right. and the kickstand. And as long as you're not railing on stuff, it's, easy, right. it's and it, easily strong enough to support and it the bike. pulls the rear wheel up about one inch off the ground. That's all you need. Hmm. And much more stable on... Uh, ah, finally. Uh, he started into it and right away um, broke... A, uh, he, he was stripping out some bolts. <laughs> and then... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, this, this is a, a new start. bike. <laughs> So, like, did he have to have the castle yeah. nut remover thing? The We didn't the even get no? into that. He was just trying to remove the rear sets. Oh, and geez. they were all on with Allen's. And then I said, hold on, you're stripping it. I got 
some brand new sets of tools that I bought. Let's give you a virgin tool. Mm-hmm. And he put it in one of the Allens, a ball tip, and started to turn, and it snapped off. Ooh. <laughs> what, the, the Allen? The tool? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, I looked it up. Well, it never start with a ball tip. It was, I, yeah. well, and that's the thing. You never start with that. No. You always start with a straight one and then use the ball tip we, when you have to go in at the yeah. crazy Yes, that, he had already tried the straight ones, and it was stripping, so we used the ball tip to come in an angle. Um, but then I realized I looked up on Amazon. I paid fifteen dollars for the entire set. Let so. me stop you. Emma, <laughs> there we go. What's your fix That's for why. when you strip out an Allen an Allen bolt? What's your fix for that? You know, Allen bolts. Are, you they drill are it. hard to deal with. You got to yeah. drill it. Well, yeah. You get to you that can just space. Pound something in there. And you can. It's got me out of a hole once or twice. But if you've got something that's loctited in there, you better get the drills out and get yeah, drilling. Okay. Yeah, you got to. You got to basically drill the whole thing out. Yeah. So what's because you'll break an easy out in it. So you just yeah. drill the head out. Um, yeah, and Allens are tough because they're, they're mm-hmm. they are they're hard and steel. Yeah, exactly. Are they, so, was it a giant Allen holding the plates or something? Uh, yeah, or it was. Yeah, it was like a M8s in there. Oh, jeez. Um, so anyway, he just started going like, oh, yeah. but we, he was trying to figure out how to get those out. And then the next guy showed up, pushing a um, a CB350 Cafe uh, thingy because it had. It wouldn't run, and the, the lights weren't working. He's like, I got electrical problems. The guy before me rewired the whole thing. If you can help me. <laughs> You're like, oh, the recycle like, garage is the next I was down. like, yeah. uh, You're at the animal hospital, um, yeah. Hold on. And then another guy pulls up on a clapped-out 748 in shorts and a T-shirt with his 8-year-old son on the back, also in a T-shirt. Or, wow. And shorts. And he's That's and never he's seen like, before? He I'm said, glad I wasn't there. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah, I crashed my bike yesterday, and I bent the shift lever. It's bent like a pretzel. Do you have a torch, and can you help me straighten it? I'm like, wait, you seven can't. four eight a Ducati seven four. Yes. Oh my god. I'm like, you can't. It's aluminum. Take a torch you can't. To you can't <laughs> and yeah, you can't do that. And he's like, oh. Do, yeah, oh. You're, you're trying to commit a war crime right now. I can't. Yeah, let yeah you, do that. you need to get it. You got to need to get a new Sh- one. Surely you mean it was made out of aluminium. So aluminium. Connect, can you connect the dots on what this guy's doing on that bike with the bent lever and a kid with no gear? You know what? Uh, Losing his humanity last I saw him yesterday when I was driving, and I took a picture to show to my friend. Like, I just passed a dude with a child on the back in shorts, you know. Not and then, cool. and then when I saw the bike up close, and it's pretty clapped out. And then he said, "Well, my speedometer isn't working. Can you help me fix it?" I'm like, "Sure. You need to get to the cable. So start taking stuff off." And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, uh, we, we, we all do that, though. We, we all pass. do that." Uh, so. Um, I felt bad for the kid. Um, we're low on gear right now. We've given out so much gear, but I found a pair of very nice, like track gloves in his size. Ooh, nice! Oh, and gave start. him some gloves. So at least the child will have nice hands. <laughs> the child will have <laughs> nice hands. You think that'll survive? survive. Yes. So, but at this point, I was just kind of like ah ah, and then uh, some other people came by. Um, to get some gear out of the gear room and I was like tell you what you get free gear you gotta go help him over there <laughs> just started like doing the dance and then Emma showed up and I'm like thank god <laughs> <laughs> big sigh of relief uh, Emma Emma uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean we all get uh, people in every now and then who need a lot of help yes I had three of them <laughs> at once yeah. so um, but Emma showed up and everyone started getting their stuff sorted and you helped the kid with the 350 yeah um the biggest the the biggest problem with that three fifty is, and I've seen it a lot with these cafe racer builds. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a very aesthetic build, 
but there's no thought of practicality he had no horn mm -hmm. and the poor young man you need a horn you can't just uh, yell at people who pull out in front of you you don't go oi fuck off it doesn't work you need BB did it have pod yeah. filters no no, yes. con no yes. controls pod no, filters. no controls no gauges Wait, what? No controls? Wow. And he I mean, no, but no switches. Oh, no switches. No kill switch? And he'd, no, got, he'd got no so it's illegal, means... Then, yeah, he'd got no means of switching high and low beam. <laughs> so I found him an old um, dip switch, mm -hmm. and we fitted it on the handlebar, and then figured it out that he could get a high and low switch, and he had a really just terrible projector beam bulb in there which we trashed and i put a more standard h4 in there and yeah and the battery only had nine volts so it couldn't Oof. and we think that yeah it's just there were, so problems. Wait, was there he, were problems was he bump starting everywhere he went pretty or? much okay yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of hokey but we at least when you approach something like that oftentimes there's just so much to do you you you, you don't want to tell him everything that needs doing because you know he'd yeah. probably go home and hang himself so you say well let's just address a little bit at a time and so yeah. this week we got him a functioning headlight and mm -hmm. miraculously the tail lights came up so that's great <laughs> and, and then next the, week we might get some more things working you know? so in the sad situation the reason that he pushed it here that it wouldn't start and this he's not the first that this has happened to out of gas the gas was not on oh Ooh. no <laughs> pet cock mm-hmm yeah Oops. You know, when, whenever I'm tr teaching people of when they're first riding a bike, I always say ignition switch and petcock, peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> the two go together. Switch your ignition on, switch your petcock on. Switch your ignition off, switch your petcock off. You know? The two yeah. go together. Yeah, so, but we told him, hey, you're in luck. This is the best bike to have to learn stuff on. Mm. Yeah, that is true. You know, yeah. a I nice Honda. Off. Yeah, well, it wasn't. I mean, it was. It's a good bike to learn a, how to so, use a welder on. I will yeah. say that somebody did a good job of caffeine it, but good job means taking all the things off that right. we need, like lights and gauges and all those things. Kill switch. You know, yeah, like all those <laughs> things. Well, any switch. The bike had no switch gear of any description mm. on it. The only thing it had was the ignition switch. And when you yeah. turned on the ignition switch, like everything came up. Yeah. It is near. <laughs> yeah, it was hokey. Yeah, and we think mm. there's a drain on the battery. That's why it was down to nine volts. <laughs> and who knows? It's anybody's guess. It's anybody's. I told him to start pulling the fuse out but at night. It looked look cool, right? It looked yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got like a rusted tank with the. Um, okay. It had the X uh, tape over the X headlight. X tape over the uh, headlight. You know. The, uh, so he's good. He's good now. And oh, the, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the <laughs> the loop on the back of the frame. You need pasties. We didn't even have a fender on the front. No. no. <laughs> Nor on the rear. It's all right. The guy's getting some massive poon no. tank. It's all good. But you know what? If you're going to build a bar it. hopping cafe racer, that's that's what it looks like. Break down at the next bar. Uh, Great well, bikes you know. don't have Plus a front three horsepower. But hey, he it rode it out of here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, this is well, what sorry, we like. No, sorry, he wrote, he wrote, we saw him stalling it. As unsafe as it may have been. He wrote it out yeah. and stalled at the first light, but right? Generally, if people push things out, I see it as a as a... You know, red rag to a bull is a challenge. Yeah. You're riding out of here. No, that's like your um, mantra, actually. Exactly. Yeah, and Har we will get you down the road. Harley guy came back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his bike is running just great. Young Harley guy? or Yeah, young Harley guy. <laughs> not John. No, not John. Different guy. Different Harley guy. Uh, this a is bike the that guy. Got, got brought here in a truck last week and because rode he, away. he thought the crank had gone bad. And it wasn't the crank. Oh, lucky him. Yeah, and Emma had else. it fixed. 
that day. And cool. it's, wow. Yeah. So, so keep yeah. ready to say hi, huh? Push him in, ride him out. So, yeah. So, I gave out two jackets and gloves today. We helped uh, a couple people um, get their bikes on the road. It was a good day today. Yeah, it was a good day. Cool. Um, but not just that. We had just a really good turnout, the gang hanging out, and we've had some interesting people show up. We have. One of them's in the room right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sylvain. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah, you. Yes. you. Yeah. I thought it was you. It was like a yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So you shut up, um, and I had heard already of this this uh, dark and handsome foreigner in town. Yeah. <laughs> Word had spread ahead of time. Uh-huh. So um, tell us about yourself. Where are you from, and where are you going? So I'm French. Uh, in November last year, I set off on a trip around the world. So I've crossed uh, all Eastern Europe, Turkey, India, Nepal, uh, Southeast Asia, Australia. That's awesome. And I shipped the bike to Vancouver, and I'm going down to Argentina. And from there, I will ship the bike to South Africa and ride back to France through the west coast of uh, Africa. I'd like to point out so he's awesome. almost wow. taking yeah. the Werwer route. Yeah, that is, yes. isn't it? And it's yeah. very possible that oh, the, that Werewolf will catch up to you. I probably some people yeah. from yeah. the real, uh, oh yeah, on the yeah. road, yeah. And yeah, you're, you're riding quite yeah. an interesting bike, Sylvain. Would you like, tell us all about your bike. Interesting. Well, it's just a Yamaha Tenere. Uh, I mean, for Europeans, it's just like the basic bike for overlanding. But yeah, it was not not uh, imported into the, the US. So, yeah, uh, it's something that the well, majority of yeah. us have never seen before. It's an awesome yeah. bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, cool. We don't have it here, which is unfortunate. Yeah. 660 cc yeah mm-hmm. single oh, really? cylinder carburetor yeah no uh, fuel, fuel uh, injection yeah Ooh. it's the only it's the only electronic thing on it yeah. the Ooh. the closest oh, wow. we got to that bike here in the states was like uh, late 80s the xtz 660 mm-hmm. is it which was like a one no it's chain drive it's like a one year only model Mm. Um, but that's the closest we've got. I'd never seen one in the flesh before. One year only, because yeah. this bike was was uh, sold in Europe and everywhere for years. And right, then, right, right. And then the bike I've got now is pretty much the same, except Yamaha put the uh, the fuel injection on it and changed the headlights, and that's pretty much it. So very handsome so bike. The, the the engine is just bulletproof. It's not powerful or fast or whatever like right. a, like a KTM, but you can. Pour some wine in it and it, it, it will start. Right. So, I've well, tried. That, I've tried that engine, like the French so, would do. Yeah. <laughs> there, is a, there is a line from that engine in your bike all the way back to 1977 to the XT500. I mean, yeah. there's a direct line. Yeah. Mm. Um, it is basically it is a the same engine. Yeah. engine. Yeah. So I, I found out something interesting. I asked him how he came to be here at the garage today. And you said you'd heard of us before. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, at some point on my trip, I had to turn back and ride to England to ship the bike to India for lots of reasons. Mm. And uh, this meant very long days on the highways uh, in Europe on the ice. And I said, well, uh, after some time, the music gets a bit boring. So I said, I need to download some podcasts. And I said, I started oh. to search on uh on uh, iTunes for podcasts for motorcycle, travel, adventure, kind of thing, all these keywords. <laughs> and I saw that motorcycle and misfits, like, that's pr- that's a fun name. <laughs> I downloaded like, a couple of episodes just to listen along. And uh, yesterday, so I met with uh, Bex. 
and she took me through uh, what's it called Nat- natural bridges. Yeah, yeah, natural bridges. Took me around, and she was talking me talking to me about this podcast. I was like, wait, what? And she said, <laughs> well, I'm I'm from the, I've been on the podcast as well. Like this this team who does a podcast. I said, yeah, I know that. <laughs> so basically, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, isn't that pretty crazy? That, we, that we, is we, a that small is world. It's, it's a very small world. Yeah. No, yeah. we're famous, darling. Famous. <laughs> don't don't uh, let no, it get in, to your head. In, Calm in, down. In, you're famous in Europe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or infamous, at least. <laughs> um, so I found something interesting about your bike because we've had other travelers here, and they usually have their bike packed to the hilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yours is hardly packed to the hilt. There's plenty of room to put, put more stuff and strap things to it. Yeah, and but why? Why would you need more stuff? Exactly. Uh, ba- basically, yeah, I did what everybody does uh, while preparing this trip. I watched a lot of videos on YouTube and searched on forums and watched all the pictures of the bikes going or, or overlanding and everything. And said, "Well, I, I had a list of about fifty items. So I need to buy this, make this, 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 this." And mm-hmm. I took this bike on a trip uh, to Spain to test it. So just a test ride was about twenty five hundred miles. Uh, just to get used to it oh, uh, through yeah, through highways and uh, dirt roads and twisty roads and everything. And when I came back, I, I, I left just with my backpack uh, just strapped to it and said, well, I don't need to do anything to it. I just need to build some side boxes to put some camping stuff in it and tools and that's it. Yeah. Which I did. Cool. Yeah. So I have a question. How many pairs of pants do you have with you? Uh, two. <laughs> so I've got, I've got yeah, these exactly. riding jeans and I've got uh, a, a spare pair that I use for just walking on the bike and walking. Actually, four. If you flip along. it inside out, you get side B. <laughs> Wash one way or one. So you don't you don't have fallies at all, like uh, in case it rains. Uh, I've got like a cheap pair of uh, of, of riding pants and uh, like a cheap five dollars raincoat, but uh, that's all I need. And to to be honest, I've been very lucky because I, I've had only like. Six, six or seven days of rain in 300 days. So, oh, wow. nice. holy shit! Yeah, that's awesome. nice. Now, Sounds like California weather. Um, have you have you had any trouble with the bike? Because it it's a kind of a brave move riding a bike that's not really sold outside Europe. So, has your bike given you any trouble at all? The bike itself, no. Uh, I had some issues with the wheel, uh, the front wheel bearings, but it was my fault. Mm. And uh, mm. I damaged the uh, the uh, the spacer bearing inside, and it took me it uh, it forced me to stop at some garages to change the bearings every now and then. And then I got it changed in uh, Australia, and ever since I've had no issue. And oh, in, fantastic! In uh, India, I I drove through a well, a, what's a small hole in India in the road, but it was basically a trench, mm. and, it, and it bent the uh, the front rim and uh, oh. and broke the wheel bearing. Ooh. And I was told, well, you are in India, you have a big bike because oh. it's above 250 cc, so it's a big bike there. <laughs> you ha- we have no spare parts, so. That's it. So I said, well, I'm not going to sit and camp next to my bike for three years. Uh, so I said, I've, got to, I've, I've got to go to Kathmandu in Nepal, and I will see if it gets there. And the, the handlebars were twitchy like this for Ooh. basically 1,500 miles. And oh, my like, God. And, uh, You're a gangster, and, and, dude. And, and, 1,500 miles. I, I, I got it fixed in Bangkok, basically. <laughs> Wow. And, and the the amazing thing, like being being in Thailand, they they took the the wheel off. I had already ordered some spare parts from Amazon delivered to a friend who lives in Bangkok, mm. and I was ready to to buy like a, a spare uh, like a new front wheel because uh, I said, well, this rim is gone, like it's done, that's it. And the guy said, wait, 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 and he took a, a hammer and planks of wood and started just 
bumping on it and disassembling everything. I said, no, it's okay. I don't don't bother. I said, no, 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 wait, wait. Half an hour later, the wheel, new wheel bearings were on. The front wheel was straight. It's it's actually much better than it was before I left from France. <laughs> and even wow. even like I had like two or three spokes that were a, a bit bent. They they put the the, the same spokes back straight. Hmm. Fantastic, nice. wow. and it cost me like fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Amazing! I want to send my bike to India. So, yeah. Repairs done. There. You sure? Yeah, Thailand. Like Thailand. 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 Oh man, yeah. Yeah, and get medical oh, yeah, work, and dental uh, work done. Right there too. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Apart from that, uh, no, it's uh, that's it. So the only thing. Uh, that's broken on it is because I try to improve it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are if, you, if it's not broken, don't fix it. That's how I run yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> are you uh, camping? Are you staying with people you meet? How are you making this possible? Uh, a bit of everything. A uh, bit of camping, but I've not camped much, to be honest. Uh, a bit of uh, couch surfing. Uh, I've. I've recently discovered the uh, bunker biker thing yeah that's uh, uh, like Z's, yeah. oh that's Z's yeah. yeah and uh, hostels cheap motels yeah or sometimes you just uh, if you have to rally one point uh, to get to a border you just don't sleep yeah. <laughs> and ride through well I, yeah. I already uh, I <laughs> already offered Emma's I, house tonight but you're staying with someone only else twice, uh, only once but uh, yeah well and I, I'm always curious for people who uh, decide they want to go around the world are you running from something or to something uh, neither okay uh, um, yeah I had this plan to go around the world for seven or eight years and uh, I saved some money for seven years and I said well that's it good for you you're living the dream yeah that's awesome hell yeah dude how long how long is your plan Uh, that's uh, well I'm planning one more year I was planning for 18 18 to 20 months originally so I've got about nine more months to get to Argentina to the bottom of Argentina and then I'm planning three months to cross Africa it might be two months it might be six I've got no idea Okay. Uh, I've not looked into it yet because a lot of countries are a bit uh, well, not so stable. So all the, the the rules for visas and everything they tend to change quite often. So I said, yeah, it's so far away that I would I would deal with this just while I'm there. Yeah, I, I manage this trip basically per continent, so three months at a time, roughly. Okay. So wow. it's, it's not it's not one big trip. It's it's a succession of small trips. Right. Okay. Makes it easier to, mm-hmm. yeah, to chop manage. it up a little bit. Yeah. That's where are you awesome. from France originally? Uh, from the French Alps. Oh, okay. Well, where is the French? What town exactly? Uh, well, I was born in uh, Lyon. The, oh, okay. Uh, cool. You've been there, Bagel? Yeah. You've ridden there? Uh, not in Lyon, but I've been in the French Alps, yeah. French capital of food. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful there. <laughs> now I'm interested. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in the Alps, we've got lots of wine and everything. My brother works in, in the wine uh, in industry as well. Mm. And he's got uh, a nice house built How now. How French of you. Uh, he's got uh, the view on all the vines and vineyards. And and for me, I said, no, well, I'm going to ride around the world. Bye. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Different uh, mindsets. Yeah. And getting back to normal life is going to be very hard. A lot of people find that life on the road, it's, just a, it's a life very few know or understand. But um, I, it's very... it's. I, I like it. Whenever I've been on the road, I, I could easily just leave everything behind and keep going. So I envy the trip you're doing and especially to learn that you took seven years to save up and make it possible. That's really pretty cool. It, I, I hope that you are getting everything out of this that you want and that you yeah, share your stories. Yeah. I mean, I've, not, I've never really thought about what I wanted out of this trip. It's mostly to visit some friends that, I, that I've got around the world and uh, see how the world really is. Because when I... Uh, so from France, 
I went to finish my studies in, in the UK and uh, I, I had always stayed in the French Alps or in some small towns and everything. And then I moved to Scotland where were students from 150 countries. Mm. So my brain just exploded and my social uh, circle became global. Yeah, and, uh, and I heard about all these stories, about all the cool stories and like things to about every country, mm-hmm. nice. and uh, things that you n- never hear about in the news. You just hear about war and politics and stuff. Yeah. So I said, well, yeah. So this trip, it may sound hard, but actually it's not because also that's what was, that was also a way to comfort the family. I said, well, yeah, I'm going to be far away, but in this country, I've got one point of contact. The next country, I, I know two people. Next country, nobody. But the next country after that, I know three people. And, you know, it's... That's I'm not saying awesome. it's easy, but it's, yeah. So how can uh, people follow your journey? Exactly. Uh, I've got a page on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. It's called uh, One Moto, One Planet. Oh. So, uh, number cool. one uh, space moto, number one space planet. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah it, it took me like the whole afternoon to come up with a cool name that was not cheesy and not boring <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, and I was having a bit of wine, and uh, then uh, at the end of the afternoon, I said, Well, what do you want to do? Like, ride a motorcycle around the planet. So, one motorcycle, one planet, and that's it. So, one space that's moto, one space planet. Yeah. Okay, and that's on Facebook, you say? Yeah. Cool. I Wonderful. Also, I also have an Instagram account, but I never use it because at night I'm always talking to people and I don't want to spend three hours on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> right, and right, right. just answering the same comments or checking all the likes or whatever because I don't care. Yeah. So I just Smart use Facebook. Man. Yeah. Smart man. So I'm curious, what has been your favorite part? Has it been the roads and, and countries you've seen or the people that you've met? <laughs> well, both, I would say. Hmm. Uh, it depends. Because... Like, once you're on a, on a motorcycle, sometimes you you want to be a bit, a bit selfish and enjoy like some twisty roads, and uh, you don't really want to to stay in hostels or whatever. You want to camp in the middle of nowhere and enjoy all mm. these canyon roads and, and mm. so on. And sometimes you want to stay in a small town that's very uh, exotic, just compared to what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And you want to stay there for a week and talk to anybody, like all the people you want you, you, that you can. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What you got, Not. So I got a question for you. When did you realize? Uh, on your trip that holy shit I'm actually doing this it's different from people sometimes it's like the moment they leave sometimes it's like 200 300 kilometers or whatever in into the ride when did you have that moment ago when you went "Ah, there's no turning back now like this is this is it it's happening Mm, I'm not sure yeah. Uh, sometimes it doesn't happen quite yet sometimes it's actually after the trip you know uh, so maybe yeah no well I I had a moment when I was in Australia. Mm-hmm. I was in a hostel where some people were. I, I was t- telling them about, about my trip, and one guy said, "Wow, so you went through India with your motorcycle?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." And then it hit me. I was like, "Wow, yeah, actually, yeah." I, I, I sent my bike to India. Like, how stupid and naive was that? I said, "Yeah, actually, actually," because the problem is now I've already I've started to forget about everything like in Europe and India and Nepal because mm. you see so much every day that your brain can only take up so much. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Got and it. it hit me. It's like, yeah, actually, yeah, I've done that. It's, it's, it, it, and it seemed like three years ago and it was just three months. Yeah. So, so That's cool, man. Do you have That's a memory cool. by chance like associated with food? Were there any really like food surprises that was really good? Like a country like, oh, that was good. Uh, Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I... 
I've been to Thailand a few, a few times before, but uh, so is it street I, food or restaurant? I, or I what's stayed the there for two months, and I, I tried pretty much everything and everything, and that's why now I've got this. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. So I it's, it's fantastic. It's delicious. It's uh, healthy and it's dirt cheap. So why why would you stop eating? Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I have a I have a minor update. Um, so I am visiting your your site right now, and Sylvain is um, from France. And they spell planet differently there. So make sure you go onto the right thing. It's planet with an E on the end. Yep. Planet. Yes. Planet. Oh, planet. So one moto, one planet. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. And I was just scrolling through. What a great adventure. This is fantastic. And there's multiple photographs and posts from everywhere you visit, which yeah, is wonderful. I, I try and post some... Like share some articles about what I see, some some things that could be also of, of interest to the people who follow and family and friends, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So at at first I would sh- share some things every two or three days, and these days so many things happen every day that I try to post an update every, every day. I mean, there, there's a delay between now and what's on the page. There's, there's about a two weeks delay. Yeah. Right. Uh, because there's I never well. It's very hard to get some Wi-Fi everywhere to do all the right. updates and everything. But, so, I mean, you're still fairly updated. I mean, I saw yeah. a recent post from Bonneville. So, yeah. you know, the post well, is up to the west coast of America I, right now. I need now. to do a video about this and because, well, I want to talk about this, what, what's been through my mind because it just blew up there. Right. Uh, and... I've not had the time to do it yet, so I'm late on that. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to thank you for coming by and yeah, uh, meeting you. us. Thank you. Yeah, and hanging out today. What a great story. I know. I just thought it was funny. You showed up when I had heard that there's a there's a foreigner in town. And it was really cool to see the bike roll up, right? Yeah. We don't see those around here, so that was yeah. pretty cool when yeah. we saw the bike come up. It's always a... It, it's always a a way to start the conversation at the gas stations here because the people who know this bike they come and see me because they, they automatically know that I come from far away because this was not imported here right. and uh, the people who don't know it they come to me and say anyway to ask like what is that and mm-hmm. yeah so you start talking why is your license plate square yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. two lines on your license plate what's going on there well cool I hope you enjoy your time here in California yeah thank you you're welcome. So um, we have some other guests here. Well, we can dovetail because we just talked about Bonneville, didn't we? Yeah, indeed. And we can segue and adventure riding. I knew I recognize you. I know. <laughs> I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to start with saying that um, you know, there's been some guests that I've had my eye on getting in here. <laughs> and uh, got you now. We've been oh, yeah. we've been fangirling for a while. <laughs> and I have to say, I've been trying for quite a while. To get this guest on the yeah. show, finally triumphed. I'm so excited. So I wanted to thank Aaron Sills for coming here. I'm excited to be here. It's great to be here. With yeah, the team. and you brought you even brought Trev, the bonus, <laughs> well, bonus guest. Know, we've, we've got a bonus guest. We've got a two for. We got a two record breakers yeah. on the couch right now. I was just holding out until I could bring Trev with me. Oh, <laughs> no! You need no. the bodyguard when you come around here. No, and you had, you had offered. Um, you you're on the go a lot and not always here in town and you had offered to do a call and interview and I said mm, I'd rather wait to yeah. get you in studio. <laughs> I'm so glad because this is an awesome place to be. So thank you for the cool. for holding out. It was awesome. So um yeah, I remember you from years ago going to the motorcycle shows and seeing you there like smiling and greeting people and signing mm-hmm. autographs like ooh, who's that? And shit? breaking records. Well, ooh. so yeah. N- 
we need to back up because there's going to be a lot of people who are like, who who is this? So we're going to tell you. you? You're going to learn today, folks. Yeah, you're going to learn it all today. If you've heard of her, you're all going. If you haven't, pin back your lug holes. Start listening. (laughs) Okay, so you're famous for. I ride motorcycles fast on the Bonneville Salt Flats and other places around the world. So okay. I do a few other things, but um, most recently I set my 41st world land and speed record. <laughs> oh, just 41? Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. But what Only have you 41, done, what have you done huh? lately? Wow. <laughs> 41st, but wait, didn't you set four? Just we, we the team and I, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't just me. Okay. It was Trev as well, mm-hmm. and actually, <laughs> uh, I set two. I set two, and Trev set three. Three. Oh, there yeah. You go. yeah. So we so. set. Sorry, I deli- Yeah. So we set a total of five world and national records. Two of them I set, and uh, Trev, for his first time ever racing on the Bonneville Salt Flats on a top speed bike, nice. he set. Two world and one national top speed and, record. And these That's are awesome. staggering achievements. I mean, the numbers you're throwing out here really beg a belief. So let's deal with your records first. What were you riding and what did you get it up to? Yeah. So I've for the past five years I've been racing a BMW S one thousand RR and and named the pirate version. Uh, named Snoopy and Woodstock <laughs> are the current go. race bikes. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> because I had a whole contest on the internet thinking somebody could up with, could come up with something that would be awesome and be better than what I really wanted to name the bikes, which was Snoopy and Woodstock, and I wanted to name them all <laughs> along Snoopy and Woodstock. But the whole reason for naming a bike is that you want the team to be able to discern between the bikes mm-hmm. and when you're in the pits and you need to take something from one bike and put it to the other and it, you have to you actually have to be able to call them something and I yeah, thought I got it I got a team of guys here there's no way they're gonna call my badass race bikes with <laughs> nitrous on them they make 280 horsepower they're not gonna call them by names like Snoopy and Woodstock <laughs> but we do so, like lightning so, and fury was taken right. what's going on <laughs> so, so, so like you do with most things I put it out to the interwebs and put it out to Facebook and I have an Excel spreadsheet with a hundred different suggestions that people <laughs> sent down to me which were all great you know they got Thelma and Louise which there's no, <laughs> oh, no. there's no effing way that the yeah, team that was going to yeah. well. that doesn't end well <laughs> yeah I'm like no I'm not writing Thelma and Louise on the soft flats and off the end of it so which bike so, did you break the record on so it ended up being Snoopy and Woodstock right and um the, all the records that we set this year were on Snoopy, which is the nitrous-powered BMW S1000RR. And what so. did you get Snoopy up mm. to? So the quickest average mile was 238 miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> God almighty. Well, what, was your, what was your quickest one way? Um, the, uh, so the quickest speed that we saw was 242. Oh, wow. <laughs> God. Um, which I just have to say was just a hell of a lot of fun. That oh, is yeah. wild. Yeah, so um, like... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And I was going to say, and Trev, I'm going to bring you in here. What did you get yours up to? What are you riding? And what did you get? What's your record for? So I spent the first part of the week riding Woodstock, which is the uh, same uh, S1000RR. Right. But it didn't have nitrous. So it's just okay. naturally aspirated. It's yes. got 
kind of a special motor in it, which okay. makes it a little faster than most. <laughs> so I spent the first part of the week riding that, and that was actually the first time I went over 200 miles an hour. And I had mm. that up to 207, and that's the f- as fast as the bike would go. So I wow. set my record on Snoopy in an un- unfaired yeah. class called naked so it's basically you take all the body off of it and you're out in the wind it's kind of like riding a <laughs> holy Ducati shit yeah. you're a, you're right. a human parachute yeah. pretty much wow. so, and, and, and so, your record damn. was for uh 195 <laughs> and change mm. that beggars wild. belief so but it on the bikes you have a gps and we look at the data after every pass mm-hmm. and so like aaron was saying the average over the mile say is 237 miles an hour but the bike's gps and that point in time is 240 or me on the naked bike i actually hit 202 miles an hour (laughs) with no fair puckers at 5,000. actually no no not i don't i don't he doesn't have a pucker (laughs) (laughs) there is no i've never found anything yet that has made me go oh shit i should probably stop doing that um so riding the bike what kind of limited me is at 200 miles an hour on the salt and it was pretty good conditions uh but your back tire is still breaking loose traction yeah, yeah. you're traction. fighting traction the whole time yeah so at 202 miles an hour the bike starts breaking loose and my helmet is shaking from side to side so much i can't see anything oh, so i let off the throttle for a little bit and shane the engine tuner from australia he's like yeah you did really good you let off the throttle at one point i'm like i know fuck it was because the back tire yeah. broke loose yeah, I was goes, about yeah, to yeah, die <laughs> so it's like Aaron says, a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't this, know if I ever thought about it. I don't know. This is legit. Sounds like fun to me. Just imagine you're on the motorcycle with no no windscreen, no fairing whatsoever, and mm-hmm. his helmet is Ugh. getting... And so the helmet strap is basically yeah. choking, choking him out. Yeah. So, so he's back. trying... Yeah, oh so he's God. trying not to pass out. No, that's okay. <laughs> the, the tunnel vision helps. Just aim for the light. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty so much. if we take these as standalone achievements, th- I mean, they're amazing in their own right. But you've both got history with motorcycles. Let's talk about your history for a moment. Sure. How long have you been riding bikes? Uh, I started riding later in life than many. I started riding about 15 years ago when I was 35. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and I started and racing 15 years ago on the Bonneville Salt. Who Park. introduced mm-hmm. you? Uh, so I met my late husband Andy, mm-hmm. and he and I, uh, like like Trev as well, all of this genetic predisposition towards speed. My dad had it. My brother has it. My mom encourages it. It's just a <laughs> genetic. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, be aware that your children probably have it, and it's a predisposition <laughs> towards motorcycling, or in my case, speed. And um, Andy and I discovered land speed racing together and then went up to the Bonneville Salt Flats and found they had something called Run What You Brung, where you could Mm -hmm. bring your own motorcycle up there. So those of you listening, just a few little safety checks and little technical inspection and you could go. So that's like an entry level. Yes, yeah, Emma. I mean, I've got something I'd like to take up there. <laughs> yeah. um, the Turbo Goldwing. Yeah. You can be anything, yeah. Um, what was your weapon of choice to start off with? Because I'm sure you didn't start on... 
Yeah, um, if it's wrong, what you brung? What did you brung? So I brung a VFR, the a Honda. Uh, oh, that's right. You VFR. were looking for a VFR eight hundred. Oh, yeah, and oh, then Andy and I raced. Nice. And then Andy and I raced against one another, and of course I was half a mile an hour faster. So from oh. there on out, I was, so <laughs> what is that? I, was I I would have thought that's a solid hundred and forty-five mile an hour bike. One fifty-four. There you nice. go. Wow. Not bad, eh? Because right. <laughs> you get good So now, what wow. did you move good on guess. to after the eight hundred? And so I raced a what they call a streamliner motorcycle. Oh, um, the most extreme one was 16 mm. feet long and 16 inches off the ground, and I and I was fully enclosed in it. So if you imagine a, mm. a, yes, a casket on wheels, were yeah. you laying forward or yes. backwards on that thing, half <laughs> um, an inch off the ground? <laughs> so if you imagine a glider without wings that's half an inch off the gr- yeah. ground, where my head is forward and my feet are behind me, oh, and geez. I'm sitting on my stomach. Oh. Um, You're like losing down the the salt, basically. (laughs) Wow. Now, you can get up to some pretty impressive speeds in those things, can't you? Because wind resistance is so low. So the the aerodynamic drag, basically, you're going under the wind was the concept that Jack created, Jack Costella. And yes, um, I set a world record uh, with an 80cc motor, so basically a weed whacker. Oh, wow. At 147 miles an hour. (laughs) Oh, damn. What? (laughs) Oh, wow. What? How I'm trying to fathom 80 cc's <laughs> in 100. What? Wait, how does that work? Is it, okay. Do, do, how, oh, wait, is it the gearing? So it's yeah. the aerodynamics yeah. of it. Yeah. Right. So okay. th- there's a lot. And, and honestly, once I rode that and raced it and got a record, I said, I'm never getting in a streamliner again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to safer bikes like Snoopy at 200. Right. So the BMWs came in after the streamliner, or was there something else in there as well? The BMW came in after the streamliner. Okay. Yeah. And we haven't said yet the name of the racing team. Ah, yes, we race under Hunter Sills Racing. Exactly. And, and we have a, a team that's amazing. Trev and I both as the, the racers, and then we work with a motor builder who's one of the best in the world, obviously, mm. uh, out of uh, Worley, Australia, Shane Kinderis, and Curtis Tom, who works with Moto America, uh, currently on the Hudson team, and then Gary Orr out of uh, San Diego, BMW Motorcycles. So all talented people. Uh, you know what? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got in. I don't know how they let us in. (laughs) Trev, I'm going to switch to you for a moment. Your history with motorbikes. Uh, I grew up on two wheels. Okay, so very BMX, good. BMX freestyle bikes as a kid. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah. I learned to ride a motorcycle when I was 13. Okay. I got my motorcycle license two weeks after my driver's license because that's the fastest <laughs> yeah. they would let me do it. And I've been on a motorcycle ever since. See, so I've had cruisers and street bikes and crotch rockets and... All the things. I saw he's got, he's got I the two-stroke man look. <laughs> the two-stroke man look. Yeah, I saw yeah. the look in him the moment I met him. I knew he was so lost. You're so lost in motorbikes. All found, depending on your point of view. It's the only place, honestly, I can really escape. Right. I I ride, and what I do when I'm by myself is what most people call stupid, and (laughs) that's where I get the most calm. I I know that feeling, sir. We we understand. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we understand. um, We have something in common uh, because we're both actually making a living in the motorcycle industry we talked about this um a little bit you build adventure bikes i do so tell us more about that so okay Mm -hmm. colorado adv moto was kind of started when 
I had street bikes forever, and I've backpacked my entire life. Hiked all over Utah, Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. So I thought, hmm, these adventure bikes kind of look neat because it's a motorcycle that carries all your shit for you. <laughs> so I bought uh, my first GS, which is an 800, and my first time ever riding that bike or camping off of it, I rode to Alaska and back from Colorado. Nice. So 9,000 miles in a month. I was riding nice. 500 miles a day. And... I got back and figured out, hmm, uh, there's got to be something to this. How can I get Improve. into this? Yeah, yeah, how can I do this? So I, I, when I bought the bike, I opened up a Tour Tech catalog and ordered everything out of there. <laughs> and it was all kitted out in Tour Tech. And then I realized that they make good stuff, but there's better stuff out there. So I started riding a lot. I became a coach for Rawhide. So I now teach people how to ride mm-hmm. these big bikes off-road. Mm. And from there, I moved up in different bikes and... I even raced a GS at Bonneville. So, wow. built and raced the world's fastest GS for a veterans organization. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, right. For? For the Motorcycle Relief Project. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. Cool. We know. Yeah, we had Bex on the show talking about so, it. So, I, we, Aaron and I built the bike. Uh, I raced it actually made it the world's fastest gs how bike, fast uh 147 wow. Uh, wow on a bike that bmw claims did, can only do 125 did it have panniers <laughs> i had to take all this shit off <laughs> <laughs> but, but what i did do is i also raced it on bonneville and el mirage but i also coached on that bike all year so oh, i had wow. the same wow. race street tires that i was racing on that i was oh, training people in the dirt so i learned how to drift very very well <laughs> that summer so i raced it jumped it camped off of it rode it for two years and at the end of the project aaron and i donated it to mrp and it went on its first relief ride with them two weeks ago three weeks ago oh, all right nice. so now it's part of their fleet so um Aaron, Trev, you're a, you're a couple. Yes. And I think, yes, you're, you're very much a couple. Trev, did your record-breaking start after your relationship with Aaron? <laughs> yes. Kind of, so <laughs> she kind of brought you into this aspect right into it, of magic. messing about with well, motorbikes. You touched the magic. Yes. The, uh, the actual racing, yes. I have always been... I've pushed everything I've had to the absolute right. limits. I had a Ducati that when... I was riding it on a runway while somebody was getting their motorcycle license at the little course at the end. I was in a t-shirt and Oakley's and I had the bike pegged out. The speedometer was maxed. Like and Top I was, Gun. Yeah, watching the tap <laughs> climb. And not I realized, recommended. Yeah, probably not the smartest thing. But yeah. I was, I was, that's, I've always raced everything. So yes, right. Aaron, I met Aaron. I everybody else wanted to know well, what's it feel like to do 200 miles an hour and i wanted to know what kind of tires she was running and <laughs> what they've done to the motor and she kind of kept giving me these looks like who are you how do you know all this so i i came and helped i watched her i kind of right. worked on the crew for a couple of years mm-hmm. and we built the gs that was kind of my you were first a pit time. bitch huh I for wasn't. a little bit <laughs> yeah, even better i was an umbrella boy oh shit so I got Perfect. her water. I put her gloves on. Yeah, I tapped her ass as she was taking on. Way so, up, sir. Yeah. So after that, then I knew it was a matter of time. And I this year was the first time ever I got to. Right. Well, 
I rode the one bike in Bolivia last year, but for me riding the the naked bike with the nitrous, that was honestly the first time I ever rode it. And the first time I ever rode it, I'm trying to figure out how the nitrous works, how how all this shit works, and I qualified for a record my first run. Wow. So, so, so Aaron, was was that what did it for you when you saw him in the short shorts and the umbrella? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty sexy. I'm just going to say. So, totally imagine. You touched on, I have kind of two questions. One is, can you talk a little bit more like on this the snoopy bikes um like what upgrades you did what mod you do to the bikes i mean don't give away the secret recipe but in general terms and then also i want you like to describe what it's like when you're about to push like what uh, you have, Jim, you, you're just jumping right to do it you have like hold the on horn, jim hold yeah. on we're working we're, getting, we're we getting there man we all want to know all right. we all want to know but i wanted to we will get there I wanted to talk a little bit about another record that you have that I think is the craziest record. Oh my. Yes. And you know what I'm talking about? I do. And maybe a lot of people don't even know this record exists. And th- but we should say this was a record you set with your late husband, right? Yes. So okay. Andy and I so when when we leave the salt flats and you're done after a week of racing uh, the drive long drive home it's a, a day and you're you're conspiring for how you're going to get back and and race again mm-hmm. so you, you it's just like and you go to a track day and you think about all right how am i going to go back and go to the track day again mm-hmm. so on one of those drives home we we started thinking about well you know it would be amazing if we could expand the sport in some way and what would be a cool way to expand the sport well what if there were people racing two people on a bike at the same time. Okay, great. So then we have hours to think about this, and we conspired that. All right, well, we'll have it'll be a tandem race, and we don't just want to have an experienced rider on the front and a pillion who doesn't know anything about what they're doing. Hmm. So for the qualifying run, we would for the qualifying run we would have one rider in the front and the passenger in the back, and then for the return record for the return run because you have to make two passes we would put we would switch so that the other rider would be in the front so you can't just have a two so right so you so you you have to have experienced riders doing that right and so we worked with the organizing bodies to go to the mike cook top speed shootout and they said yes you can do this and i contacted guinness book of world records and they said oh yeah we don't really have a that class but you do now and so we went to the mike cook top speed shootout and Mike had said, well, you contact the the one organizing body, the AMA, American Motorcyclist mm-hmm. Association, and then um, they'll contact the uh, FIM, the world organizing body. Mm-hmm. And so, actually, I think it was the other way around. You contact the FIM and then, the, uh, the, then also contact the AMA. So we contacted the FIM. They said, great, yes, come up, do it. We went up there to do it. Well, the FIM was supposed to contact the AMA, and the AMA never got contacted. And then they heard about it about half an hour after we started doing it, and they said, shut, shut down the circus act. Oh, <laughs> no. We probably don't want to have this happen. So we and when we went out and... And the first pass that we made, Andy was in the front and I was in the back and we're on an S1000RR and he thought it was amazing and I thought it was the scariest thing I've ever done (laughs) in my entire life, including being in that little streamliner motorcycle that I've been in. This was way scarier to try to hold on to the back of a motorcycle at 183 miles an hour when all you have to hold on with are your your fingers interconnected Mm -hmm. and that's all you have. So he thought it was great and I thought it was horrific and then we switched (laughs) spots and I thought it was great and he thought it was horrific. (laughs) And by then we'd set a world record and we said we would never do it again. 
So, <laughs> so, so, the, do, so right? the final record was? So the final record's 183 miles oh, an hour. At, and it's no longer legal to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yours forever. Well done. Wow. Nice. Well done. So so yours forever. I believe the record will be ours forever because it's no longer legal to do it. Uh, that's so, so yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah. So that is wild. Two up tandem and 183 miles an hour. It's always nice to be the person who get the rules changed on, you know? Like, <laughs> you know somebody I, pushed it that far, like, all right, fine, we'll just that, give it to yeah, you. That's yeah. usually my Maybe, maybe yeah. you can advise yeah. Terry. Maybe Terry should go for the record fastest with a dog with on your dog. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nobody's and on done the way that. Back, on the way back, the dog riding and uh, Terry's... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. go, Charger, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So you, you have 100 sales racing. You've been yeah. racing... Unfortunately, um, Andy passes. Yep. And you continue on. Yep. And then you bring you know, the umbrella guy in. So, <laughs> well, can I start? When Andy passed, was there ever a time when you were so consumed that you thought, I'm, I'm, Andy is motorcycle racing. He's gone. I'm going to leave it behind. Totally fair question. And the truth is that when uh so andy set a record in fact that we recently set higher in right. this, this past so this past two weeks ago we set a couple of the records that andy had set we took higher okay and so our plan had always been andy and i the plan had always been he would set it and then i would go break it and make it higher okay so no there was never a thought of i'm not going to get on a motorcycle and there was never a thought of i'm not gonna race it was in and the whole team um certainly races in order to acknowledge him but also to honor him Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, yeah we, I, we no, might we might have our mo- we might have our moments. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I noticed you see you're driving your mom's Volvo station wagon. <laughs> we're bringing it up, huh? We're bring- <laughs> I went there. <laughs> no, 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 hang on. You were driving your mom's, and there's two things I noticed about the station wagon. The first is it's on Florida plates. <laughs> wow. Sorry, but mom. the second is sorry, mom. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. But the second is there's a little sticker in the in the back window on the side. What does that sticker say? Is it so? The, there's a sticker on the back of the Volvo, and I'm going to to prov- to give Liza Please. one as well. But it says "Live Like Andy," which okay. essentially oh. just means to enjoy life as a journey and not about the destination, and live the way that he would um, want to live and did live and taught me to live and. He never met Trev. I think they would, I know they would love one another. I wish they had an opportunity to meet one another, but he would be happy for me being happy and having someone who loves right. me very much and having someone to ride and race with and spend life with. And that's what it means. I don't know. This awesome. it, it, It's cool. a very personal thing. You, I remember you, you told me you shared that you don't give those out to anyone, do you? Um, no, no. That, that sticker's pretty special so mm. i'm i'm looking forward to giving liza one i don't know where she's gonna I appreciate put it, it. That's cool. <laughs> i don't know where you're gonna put it oh no i've got oh, i got stickers here yeah. i got stickers everywhere <laughs> i got a jocelyn snow here she's got plenty of motorcycles <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. somewhere special because i know you knew him as well oh uh, yeah right. yeah yeah so so the you let's let's get to what jim was getting to because i think we all want to know and i've always wanted to know like what's going through your head when you're out there setting these records, going these speeds. Imagine your eyeballs first, right? Getting pushed in the back of your skull. Is that usually how that works? And what's the nitrous wired to? Is it like your horn? 
or like a turn signal or something. We don't get to Beep beep. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It's it's just like yeah. There's no there's no beep beep button. There's no like oh shit button. <laughs> the system's actually a progressive system, so it's based on what gear I'm in mm. and the RPM and um, the way that Shane programs. So the, the the nitrous system, and I know your audience has, you know, is interested mm-hmm. into me- the mechanical aspects of it. So the nitrous system has its own ECU, mm. such oh, that shit. it and and it is programmed by a, it's a laptop so Shane's out there with his laptop and he's programming the the nitrous for a certain amount of horsepower at a certain gear at a certain RPM and basically what I'm thinking of is I don't want to mess it up because there's so many things that I can do in a pass mm-hmm. to 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 make it um, to to turn the nitrous off make it not fire properly so I'm in there and I've got a job to do and I want to ensure that I'm doing it properly and honestly I feel so much pressure <laughs> but in a good way I put it on myself and and I also want to make sure that I'm doing it right for the team I have to hit every shift point perfectly every time oh, and wow. if, if it spins up in a certain mm. gear and I get into the rev limiter the nitrous won't turn on so every and, mm. and sometimes we can wait for hours or weeks to, I mean in order to be able to race and so I'm just honestly I'm looking at a mountain and I'm wanting to do my job right I've sat in my helmet with earplugs in I've envisioned it for the weeks before I lay in bed at night and I visualize a perfect run Hmm. and I just need to have that perfect run happen and when it doesn't happen you get really pissed off nitrous has grown up a lot since I was using it back on the street like 35 years ago you and Vin Diesel Yes. When it was fast and well, when you, well, I mean, when, basically, when you under, did the tap on the bottle and just hit the button, and you got like and a goes, two or three psh. second shot, and you got wrenched back in the bars. It's not like that anymore. You know, remember, she's on the salt, so she's always looking for traction. So if you Constantly. get like a 50, 60, 70 horsepower just kick up the ass, the back wheel's just going to spin out. So oh, you yeah. bet it's progressive. It's going to bring it in, and it's going to bring that horsepower up gradually so you don't just spin out. And that's part of what we need to experiment with as well. So mm. we will go out, and the first pass that I would take, we might have the nitrous come in at a certain level and a certain RPM, and mm. then we and, and we will play with it depending on what the traction and the course is like. And do you also meter how much nitrous is that's metered also? Yeah. yeah. So wait, you're saying... That there's actually skill involved with going fast in a straight line. <laughs> I just what? wanted. Just I just wanted to do a stab. You just lost just your sticker. You just no, lost no, your sticker. No, I think a lot of people have that perception, and you yeah, know, get like, a lot of people think they're really fast riders because they can go fast in a straight yeah, like line. Yeah, like drag racing. Yeah. And I yeah. do. I want to know more about the skill that is involved. And you yeah. just said about like the timing. I'd love to hear more about the skill that you do develop. I know a lot of it um, has to be with the, the, the mechanic side. And what, what percentage would you attribute to well, to the we, wrench? All of us have to do all of it perfectly. Because okay. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not beating the person next to me on mm-hmm. a track, on a drag course. I'm beating history. Yeah. So, in order, yeah. in, or, or Trev as well. <laughs> in order to set a world record, I have to go faster than anyone ever. In that certain size and style of bike, and mm. not only once, but you have to do it twice. Right. Yeah. So you make a down yeah. pass. Your first pass is a qualifying run, and say you've got a tailwind on your first pass. So you have a certain, depending on the the event, you have a certain time allotment to turn around and make that same pass, or your 
your record run in the opposite direction. So mm. if you had a tailwind on your first pass, you've got a headwind coming the second pass. Right. So you have to average. It's and the go, average. Yes, over those two passes, which creates that record. Okay. So you may have an epic 10-mile-an-hour tailwind, uh, and then you have a shitty 10-mile-an-hour headwind. Yeah. I'm going to stick my neck out here, but I, I think you two... <laughs> are the same in what you do but I think you how can I put this you you're getting different things out of it you're just into the speed Carolyn that's it Erin, mm. you're yeah. just into yeah. this. It's just that raw badgering the witness your honor accelerating yeah. the witness that's Leading. the bike yeah uh, you know Trev's I, the bike you're the speed I think I think I, I think they're both damaged in the same way. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not damaged it, at all. It, 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 it boils down same. to the same disease. You're missing the fear gene. No, um, so no, so no, so oh. n- no. I ha- I have an extraordinary respect for w- the fact that what we yeah. are yes. doing is extreme. Yeah, and it and, is extreme. And extreme definition of extreme sport is you can die doing it. And mm-hmm. and sure. certainly I have friends who have passed away doing what. I do and and I and I even if I didn't respect my own life which I do very much I have a family whom I love very much mm-hmm. and and parents right. and a brother and a sister and and like all those people who I would not put my life on the line if, if I <clears throat> didn't have a tremendous amount of respect for the team that we yeah. work with and I love what I'm doing I at this point I love the speed I also feel a tremendous um, amount of like tremendous desire to set records because the team works so hard for it yeah they work 51 weeks a year so that we can race for one yeah and, and the fact that they study and they are I, I i don't know the specifics of how the nitrous system works but boy shane does and i would love to provide a record for him and for curtis yeah. and for gary and and to have trev share this experience with me is a, is epic yeah you guys are bl- building the platform together basically yeah it's fantastic and, and oh by the way the, trust me the speed is really fun yeah it's kind of funny because now at the speeds that we've gone and she's yeah. gone all week long we were doing 235 or 232 and we were all frustrated and there are teams out there that are like fighting to hit 100 miles an hour sure 150 and aaron was the fastest bike at an all motorcycle event a week long we had two of the fastest sit on motorcycle people out there and they couldn't even do it aaron beat both of them so yeah yeah it there is a hell of a lot of skill. It's really fun. I know the 200 mile an hour club is considered a very, very exclusive club. And you're 40 miles an hour above that. It's amazing. These are big numbers. So uh, do you guys actually do your testing on the actual salt? Or do you have like a runway before all this happens? Or everything has to happen that day or those two weeks or whatever you're there? or So the way that you train, first of all, you have to be physically fit. Sure. Um, second, and, and, and mentally. And I don't know how, how we do that. You like punching <laughs> beef carcasses like Rocky. Walking on coals. Have some guy just yell at you when you're drinking raw eggs. Follow me on an adventure bike someday. Yeah. the dirt and i'll show there you how you we go. train well, well shit there you go <laughs> no, all right then it's the, it's, the, it's the but what he's saying is the truth so we have to be physically fit and mm-hmm. that's just a prerequisite and and then to honestly riding all and and what trev is saying about adventure riding actually that took me 
um, learning how to ride slow in the dirt made me a significantly better mm-hmm. racer yeah. because mm-hmm. it sure. enabled me to become comfortable yeah. with a bike moving around me, underneath around me at 200 miles an hour. So I don't mm. freak out when the bars start to shake at 210 miles an hour. It's just part of riding. So we ride a lot. There is no place in the world to train to do land speed racing other than land speed racing. Okay, that gives That's me great, great anxiety when you say when the bars start to shake at 210. <laughs> I like to get into your head right now (laughs) what is that like um so you're very focused on a job the bike's moving around you trust the bike you know that it's well built it's not a it's not a tank slap or shake it just moves around because you're racing on salt and Mm. and Mm. it and i've had i've had frightening things happen on the bike that where i would stop a run i would slow down and say this is not right and you it, it it just experienced this as what's what's really shaky and bad versus yeah. what's not. So it's that threshold, finding that threshold. Is it is there like that thing where you go, oh god, it's shaking, it's bad. I just keep gassing it, and it kind of goes away. Or is it one of those things that just it just does that the entire run? Um, so um, the bikes we're racing right now are incredibly stable, mm-hmm. and so honestly, the bike likes to be at th- full throttle. And when mm. it's at full throttle, you're on salt. It might move around a little bit. And you just stay in it, and it's fine, and it wants to straighten itself out. Yeah, so that's, that's just part of the skill. It's just like dealing with just a bike that moves around, and having this ultimate faith in your team to have built you a decent bike. Yeah, the thing I like on what you're saying is ha- trusting the machine, yeah. and I think that for a lot of people and a lot of like solo accidents are when you don't trust you know and you you don't know the bike and you don't trust it when in fact the bike is more capable than we are and to understand and completely trust the bike is something that's really cool the relationship that you have with it not just about speed but with the bike that also that your team has i mean when we talk about you know we love everything about motorcycles and we love our bikes but like that level that you guys go to and the relationship with the bike and each other is really cool um, I've, I've had more frightening rides on a buell thunderboard a hun- thunderbolt yeah buell thunderbolt at 130 than my bike at 210 oh, I, I can put you on a cb350 uh cafe racer or scale the piss out of you <laughs> i got an electric scooter that we could kind of tow behind something i've had more we mentioned it earlier pucker moments i've had more pucker moments on a dirt road drift in a corner at 120 yeah and I did 207 on the salt, yeah. I, or 175 on the salt at, at Speed Week this time. After I made a pass, I, it was kind of a running joke. I was a guinea pig, because if yeah. the dirt mm-hmm. dude can do it, we can do it. <laughs> I made a pass at 174, fighting the bike the entire time, and it wow. was... It was literally like riding through mud oh, at wow. 175 oh, miles an hour. No, wait, no, I'll, I'll give Trev credit here. So Trev took that pass at a, on a bike that couldn't go to that can go 200 and he went 175 mm. and and 10 racers behind him took their helmets off and went, "Nope, if the course is that bad, we're not going." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that brings me to like how what's the quality of the salt these yeah, days? Is that's it what I like know. better, good and just kind of 50-50 depending? It's based on mother nature. So yeah, it was yeah. uh, Speed Week was not raceable at all and mm. like I said that's when Trev went out on a 200-mile-an-hour bike, and he came back at 175, and we all knew with such a great rider and such a great bike, if he's going only 175, then, right. then only. we're all packing it up. Yeah. Um, so Speed Week was not very good, but the, the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials was great. So it's about Mother Nature and mm-hmm. how much rain we get, the 
the event organizers will do the best they can with assault. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, there was there was still water there. Yeah. 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 And is that mm. because there's less salt? Um, it's a little bit of it's a lot of precipitation, mm-hmm. and with um, the condition of the salt, and I had been on the the um, Save the Salt organization, so I know a fair amount about it. Yeah. They are pumping salt back onto the salt flats now. So there's an organization. Uh, the, the Bureau of Land Management is working with Intrepid and working with Save the Salt and the Utah Salt Flats Association in order to get salt pumped back onto wow. the salt flats. Yeah. So because, they're they're trying to repair it as best they can. Because I mean, make no mistake, Speed Week is a historical racing. How long have they been racing on the salt now? A long time. Yeah, probably at least Since 80 years, I think. Or maybe even yeah. I think they were doing it in the 1920s, Could which be, means yeah. it's like getting on for 100 years. Yeah, almost. It's historic yeah. racing. Didn't didn't you used to race uh, chariots there? A steam engine, darling. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you say that. This year at Speed Week, they had a semi-truck that had a locomotive, diesel-electric locomotive it, it did 202 miles an hour. Oh, oh my God! Oh, and what, what class was that? Was that FIM? <laughs> I want to hear Sylvan pronounce yes. FIM completely before this show's over, by yeah, the way. True. What? FIM? The uh, Fédération Internationale de Motocyclisme. Oh, oh yes! There you go. Just like that. Let's say that from Just now like on. that. I am moist. <laughs> so, <laughs> my goodness. So, we've established that you guys have skills going fast and that you have skills in the dirt. Yes. But, Trev, you also have some carpentry skills which came into uh, into play at Bonneville. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. This was something that was pretty so, cool that you guys did. You want to tell everyone? Yeah, so at Speed Week, there's an iconic Bonneville sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody stops, even people who aren't there to watch racing, everybody stops to take a photo with this sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were six days into the meet. It was almost over. And the BLM had we saw a Facebook post that they cut the sign down and because it was had too many stickers on it and bullet holes and they were going to replace it so Aaron and I on that long drive back actually short flight back uh, we're talking about how can we because we knew this second event was coming up Mm -hmm. and how could we get a sign made just a temporary sign so Aaron reached out to the the organizing body the uh, friend of hers Delvin Rubber who puts on the motor- motorcycle speed trials anyway she talked to her got permission from the BLM to make a temporary sign we reached out to our all personal friend yeah. Jocelyn Snow yeah Jocelyn. Um, and she owns a sign company mm-hmm. that's what oh, her yeah. bread and butter is <laughs> and Joss actually printed a sign and had it on our doorstep in Colorado in three days wow Dope. so we Carried this giant banner, and what I love, the sign was a photo oh, yeah. of the sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it was laser printed. It was, <laughs> it was a photo of the sign, four foot by eight foot. So Aaron and I land in in Salt Lake. We go pick up our Team U-Haul racing team rental vehicles that we take on the Salt. Our next stop was uh, Home Depot to pick up the lumber, and after we got the bikes through tech, uh, the three of us, Aaron and I, and Gary from San Diego BMW. We all went and sat and installed a temporary sign, and every time we would go line up to go race, there were tourist cars, people, everybody was out there taking photos with that sign. So <laughs> the cool part was, while we oh, were... that's amazing. 
Ah. I'm passing around pictures. While, while we, I must have a picture of this sign somewhere on my phone just here. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So while we were at the races, we were trying to think of, okay, we need to auction the sign off. What can we do really cool with the mm-hmm. sign? And one of the racers at that event kind of had a bad get off and a run and had some cra- he had to be airlifted to Salt Lake. Ooh. So he had a bunch of uh, medical bills. Mm. And Aaron's like, hey, let's auction the sign off at the awards banquet that last night. So we were kind of joking around. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe 500 bucks. And Aaron's like, oh, it'll go for at least 1000 And there was a bidding war. And they we raised $4,000 to wow. give to Hero yes. and For a sign wife. of the sign. For a sign of the sign. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, and all of the racers there actually signed the sign of the sign. <laughs> nice. and so, Signception. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really cool. Wow. That is that is cool. That is wow. awesome. What a you great can, thing. You can imagine when I tell the team, okay, well, we're going to go race, the, you know, like tech the bikes and get ready to race and all that. Oh, by the way, and we're going to go build this sign. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, we're going to what? <laughs> so, and Aaron, what like I love about you is like you get into riding and then shortly thereafter you're out there like setting records. Uh, and then... But you also ride in the dirt. So I, was, I want to know about your introduction to dirt riding. Oh, yeah. Well, so Sean Thomas, who many in this audience Sean. might know. Rock on, him, dude. We call him Shamus. Yeah. Yes. Shamus. So shortly after Andy passed away and I was in the mode of kind of saying yes to everything, Sean called and said, hey, you want to come up and try this thing called adventure riding at Rawhide? And I... Uh, you said yes. And I said yes. <laughs> exactly. I said yes. Um, never spent a day... Uh, uh, in in the dirt on an adventure bike or anything else, but I rode my uh, I, I rented a GS, went up there, um, went to Rawhide, went through the training course, um, happened to meet this man who's now sitting next to me, Trev, because he was an instructor there. Never uh, know what you're gonna find, do you? <laughs> <laughs> the umbrella girls turn up in the craziest places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Trev was my instructor, and uh, apparently he, he, he taught me well because it made my land speed racing significantly better. So now right. I'm also a coach Yeah, so you, you kind of skip from, I got into riding, now I'm also a yeah. coach. <laughs> what? So apparently I, I, I took to it pretty I, well. <laughs> I have a feeling that when you put your mind to something, you excel. Uh, yeah, I, ca- I kind of get yeah. that impression. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't want to get in your way of anything <laughs> you've got your mind on. Yeah. <laughs> it became a passion, and, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy and enjoy riding in the dirt, and I'm proud to be a coach there. And it's it's fun because people think that you have to be a pretty big stature person mm-hmm. in order to ride a big 600, 700 pound, 1200 cc bike in the dirt, and I'm like, ah, kind of no, you don't, you know. And, and I, I think Jocelyn proves that, yeah. Yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. And you went straight to the GS. You didn't start out on like a no small. You know there are other options, right? Those no. Those are cheater bikes. No, not. go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. For, to BMW riders, there are no other there options. No other. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of fun options. They're just. Yeah. It takes a certain level of skill and technique to actually ride these big bikes sure. in the dirt. And anybody can ride fast. I say it all the time. but Not fast-est, though. Not fast-est. <laughs> but uh, it takes skill to ride slowly. And now, I don't care if you're mm-hmm. on an 80cc Yamaha or a giant 1290 KTM. I mean, each bike has its own set of techniques or skills that you got to use i love riding the little cheater bikes yeah little skinny bikes christian oh, i was gonna say uh i, I i'm pro- fairly sure that this person probably listens to this podcast but uh i was over at metcalf which is one of our local dirt biking parks and there were a couple gs riders out there and it's uh 
I'd say a fairly intermediate to easy place to ride to get to learn and stuff. And there's some people there that could use your help because they dropped <laughs> a, they dropped a GS 800 and I uh, and one other bike that I didn't see because it was so buried in the bushes um, out, out there on some of the single track. And so the whole time you've been talking about it, I've been thinking about how it would have been nice to have you there to help them out. I've seen it all. <laughs> so if, they, if they're listening, they, they know it was about two weeks ago. Rawhideoffroad.com. <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about the big GSs many, many times before. And part of the attraction on them, they are big bikes, but they carry their weight very low and forward, don't they? It's, which is it part is, of the reason they're so damn good in the dirt. I have it's ridden engineers, yeah. just about every adventure-type bike. Right. I've ridden hundreds of little little actual dirt bikes and honestly yeah the gs i sold all my other bikes i ride a 1200 gs and i sold every one of my other bikes because it does everything i've passed sport bike guys on knobby tires mm-hmm. and canyon roads i hate you guys by the way <laughs> i've had that happen to me i'm like god damn it i'm on a ducati you're not supposed to do that <laughs> I, it's, i've ridden all kinds of bikes and they the way bmw has designed that motor and how balanced it is it is incredible mm-hmm. i've taken it in spots in colorado where people on little dirt bikes are like how in the fuck did you get that bike up here because it's just a technique so and, uh, you got to trust the bike what do you think of the 1250 then it's a great bike. I'm going to stick with my 1200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better the bike you know. Um, it you know what the 1250 is a great bike. It has. I'm learning more about it at Rawhide. We get a brand new fleet every mm-hmm. year, so I got to spend some time on it this year, and it's pretty cool. It's not as fast as our 1200s. Um, I like a lot of the. I'm not a big electronics fan. I don't mm. like the big LCD display mm. telling mm. me the traction yeah, control has yeah. been activated too many times. Yeah, Jim and I um, took uh, Jocelyn's uh, GSs for a spin. I never could figure out how fast I was going. Yeah. But I knew the weather in Wichita. I could tell you oh, yeah. anything else. Yeah. GPS coordinates. <laughs> fucking, well, you feel like you're in a flying saucer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you do. Like when I went to Scotland, I didn't get a GS because I, I got a naked bike so I could see not have like this yep. thing. But the smart people did have a GS because they were really comfortable and they're, protected and all They're that. amazing yeah. bikes. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, you are you just at the Colorado uh, no. ride? You're out in California, too? I'm actually teaching uh, one of the second-level classes mm. next month in mm. California, so they bring nice. me out. Oh, I've been cool. There, I've been there for, this is my sixth year, so oh. so I, I get to, I pretty much, Aaron and I now mm-hmm. are the lead coaches in Colorado. I've ran that one for four years, and in California, they bring me out for special cases <laughs> or... Mm-hmm. Uh, Whenever they need, but Colorado's your home. That's where I grew up. Yeah. yeah. And and just to be clear, you don't have to have a GS to go to Rawhide. Oh hell right? no, hell no. I've taught people on Yamaha 125s show oh. up on their bike. Oh. We do have a fleet that you could mm-hmm. rent, but you can bring anything you want. We have we had a little eighty. Really? Uh, two wow. years ago, yeah. How, how'd they do in the sand pit? Actually, the cheater bikes, a little 80, yeah. just cruise right through. <laughs> it's tough riding a giant GSA through a sandpit. Do it slalom. Well, I'll tell you, Jim and I have been talking about putting that on our list, the you rawhide should. thing. Because um, we've been moving up from smaller bikes up to bigger bikes. And he got his Africa twin, so now I have to get one. Uh, Wait, DCT? Well, he didn't. I didn't. She wants the DCT. I okay. want the DCT. Don't get the DCT. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, going, no, no, but we just wait a minute. Before <laughs> you trash yeah. on the DCT, it's wait not what minute. you think it is. I wrote a DCT after. And? I didn't like it. On the dirt or the either. street? Both. On the street. Right. I'm not getting it for the street. I don't need DCT for the street. I'd get it for the I mean, dirt. I'm still tickled the way it clicks up and down through the gears. I mean, it's like a manual It's magic. Tram- it's yeah. a magic <laughs> bike. It's when I first got on it, they were giving me a hard time because I'd get on it and I'd clutch okay right how do i ride this thing and they're like put it in drive trev <laughs> it's not a fucking car where's drive at <laughs> so I, you do, it's weird to get used to but once you do and i mean it's honda have had automatic bikes before yeah and some are better than others yeah but the dct is nothing people like, love them people have yeah them love them. i mean and, I was amazed. The first time I was determined to hate it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't. And it just clicked up and down through the keys. It's magic. It's pretty cool. It's like there's a magic elf <laughs> in the engine changing gears when you want him I to. Mean, it, it's and uh, when you don't want him to. Well, yeah. I didn't get that. It's but. a brilliant piece of engineering, but it's not great. I don't like it for the street, at least. Uh, okay. Well, but I also want to experience it because I appreciate that it's new technology, and there have been a lot of... Um, automatic bikes in the past that just weren't quite right and this seems to be the first one that did get it right so i want to experience that as well but you could just test ride one instead of actually owning one though you know i like the idea of doing rawhide though and i think i'm probably going to go down in january to california we're actually talking to our friend carmel too and Mm -hmm. i think she makes it if anybody's thinking meet us down there yeah, yeah if anybody's thinking about doing rawhide so how would they go about it uh, go to the website. The website. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if you Google anything adventure riding, Rawhide yeah. is one of the top ten that comes up. Okay, yeah. uh, we're one of seven BMW authorized training facilities in the world. Whoa! Um, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's, it's Rawhide uh, dash off road. Dot com. It's okay. H-Y-D? Or just, yeah, just Google Rawhide. Um, how, it comes up. Um, how long is the, the, the training? How long are you down there for? So you show up on, typically on a Friday, yes. Friday evening. You do an orientation. You drink the free beer at yes. a really cool bar. You get <laughs> fed by five-star chefs all weekend long. So you train all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So it's a weekend event. It's like a spa. It is. Right. With Ooh. dirt bikes. It's spa. You can leave Ooh. Sunday night or you can elect to go on a two-day or five-day tour depending on where you're at after Ooh. the training to mm. go kind of hone those skills and go play. Mm. So let's I'd, say we just sign up for the weekend. Yep. How much does it cost? It's like thirteen ninety five. Okay, so I mean, it's not it's not cheap, it's but it's high end stuff. Well, they feed oh yeah, you yeah, and everything else. It's but. every a lot of people come back over and over again for the experience. It's mm. the camaraderie. Right. It's the the crowd. The and you need fun. and you need that straight up repetition. I thought like I haven't ridden adventure bikes really before, and I picked up the Africa Twin, um, and I'm digging it. But I'd ridden smaller dirt bikes up to that point, and I thought it was going to be an easier transition to the bigger bikes because all the same rules apply, right? Kind of. But like. I, I was coming back from Yosemite last Sunday, and I got off on some fire roads, and I had zero self-confidence at all. And I know it's just a matter of, like, repetition. And that's what I dig about, you know, Rawhide is it seems like they have this great program where you just get to do things over and over and over in a progressive, you know, step up. So. Yeah, I've, I've decided I don't like dirt riding now that I have, like, four dirt bikes. Um, but I think it's because I've never had the training, and I don't have the confidence. And I get out there, and I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that. And a lot of but I think I need the training, so I want to give. I want to get the training, and then give it give it another shot. I mean, I still go out there because it makes me a better street rider. Oh hell yeah! I just don't go out there and have fun. 
But I oh, still you do. Know. She no, that's not true. Gene. You had you had fun. You had fun, mommy. She goes into a trance. Let me share something with you. Can I share this? Sure. So me and Liza, the last couple of times we've been dirt biking, we were at Pozo, at Pozo Saloon. Oh, God. In uh, San Luis Obispo. (laughs) I know that. And and it was like, we got into a little bit more technical stuff. And when dirt biking gets really hard on Liza, (laughs) what is your your thing? It's like you you shut off your adrenaline and you go into this zen state. Like it's an emotional state. My breathing gets really slow. My heart rate goes down. It's not a diabetic coma? I don't ride for the adrenaline. I actually... It gives me this peace and calm, and I just find when I'm riding, I just get in this zone, and I just you like a flaccid penis. It's kind of what I like. You can you can notice it too because we were riding the first time that I ever rode with her. We were riding on like a little single track trail, and she just kind of was at the very start of the trail, and everyone's talking and hyping each other up, and she's sitting there just looking forward at it, breathing (laughs) deeply, like she's just ready to go. And and I kind of I noticed it, but I I didn't quite put my finger on what it was. So so. Trev and I are on comms together when we're riding, and he can he he reminds me when I'm breathing really heavy. He's like, "Babe, are you okay?" <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Yeah, exactly. At Rawhide, we every time we go to the California facility, it's it's a giant adventure bike playground. We have teeter totters, we have bridges, sand, gravel, oh, crazy stuff, uh, water. Anyway. It's a beautiful spot too, yeah. right? Oh, it's, awesome. it's pretty cool. We have giant jumps and. Every time we go there, we go out and just the two of us go right around. Just kind of get the dirt legs back on and get used to it. Start off easy like everybody should. Um, And then it's, hey, you trust me, babe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we go hit a little jump. And as we're getting closer, you (laughs) hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're warmed up. All of a sudden, I go off of a jump and then Mm -hmm. it goes dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, it's just unstoppable laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again. So everybody needs to yeah, get back into right. it and start off slowly. But it's fun to hear that. I, I do private trainings all it's the true. time, and everybody does the same thing. <laughs> so, Aaron, we've established you can ride fast, faster than most, faster than all, we could say, I guess. Yeah, no, faster We've established than all. that you're quite an experienced uh, dirt rider now um i'm curious how you feel about touring and distance riding oh my goodness well um i've had a few opportunities to do some awesome touring and um i'm really excited liza because i get to ride with you on the women riders world relay and me too. Nice. Yay! What, what, yeah. what is this Women Riders World Relay? It's Wurwur. It's Wurwur. <laughs> Wurwur. What's that? Wurwur riding yes. a new shirt. So Erin has signed up. She's going to yep. be riding with us for like super a, excited. Like two weeks, week and a half? Uh, Damn. Uh, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. No, yeah I'll, I'll, for two weeks. Yeah. I, the, it, I, as much as my schedule will allow, but I'm mm-hmm. going to do as much of the U.S. segment as I can. So I'll meet you. I'll see you at AIM, the mm-hmm. AIM Expo in Columbus. And then I've got a commitment there. Um, and then I'm going to hook up with you all outside, well, uh, out in Wyoming, so in Casper, mm-hmm. Wyoming, and then I'll ride the rest of the U.S. segment with you. And you get to sleep in two of your beds. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I get to sleep in San Francisco and in Colorado. That's I right. Yeah. Now, you but, know, it's convenient. I'm super excited. I'll do it on, on my GS, and I, I'm excited because I, I think there will be a, from what I've seen of where we're, the Women Riders World Relay, mm-hmm. and the excitement that you've built and the team around the world i just in my mind's blown something like ten thousand twelve thousand oh, oh we're up to nineteen thousand oh, on nice. facebook oh my god nineteen thousand wow. 
thousand followers on Facebook, at mm-hmm. least I mean thousands of riders all over the globe. And I know when it comes to the U.S., it's just gonna it's gonna be a snowball. It'd be a lot more than that if we let all the men in. Right. Well, I was gonna say, you know. Aaron, you, you can bring Trev along if you want. Oh, he's invited. He knows. Yes, yeah, right I mean, back, no, yeah. no I, I meant the men on the Facebook page. Yeah, <laughs> the men with t- only two weird profile pictures: one they're holding a puppy, and one they're with a sailboat. Oh. Like a lot of those. <laughs> I did. But, um, I didn't no. know there were creepers. Yeah, yeah, no, we do allow men Hello, on creepers. the ride. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it as well. Have you yeah. done something like this yeah. a cross country trip? I have. I did the. I uh, rode with Alyssa Clickinger um, mm, and did right. her um, sister centennial ride. Right. And then I will do her um, suffragist ride that's happening also in 2020, which is a celebration of the 100 year of women having the right to vote. So that's happening in 2020 as well. Awesome. Uh, And... Well, you have oh. one more announcement to make. That's it. Oh, yeah. The Women Riders Now. Yeah, this is, uh, this yeah, is a big deal. This is a brand like new announcement. kind of hot off the press. Yeah, so I failed miserably at retirement. <laughs> <laughs> And I left Facebook about three years ago and um, for retirement, but I, apparently I failed miserably. So I was asked to be a co-chairwoman of the Women Writers Now, which is a website and a magazine that was started mm-hmm. by Genevieve Schmidt uh, over 20 years ago, actually, before websites were websites. She started oh, a motorcycle wow. magazine. Yeah. And she's pretty amazing. And um, I was invited along with my dear friend Sarah Schilke from BMW Motorrad mm-hmm. to be co-chairwomen to take this website, which is the largest in the country for women motorcyclists, and help pilot it forward for the next 20 years. So that's what I'll be up to. Like I said, failed miserably at retirement. So and that, <laughs> That's quite the undertaking. And that is a Motorcycles and Misfits exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, hot off the presses. It is. But yes, I'm very much looking forward to um, spending more time getting to, to know too. you better and to maybe try out your BMW a Me little too. bit. Oh, maybe yeah, we'll we do a little swap. Totally. Well, what are you writing? Um, a giant Indian Roadmaster. The sure. big one with all the things. The, the big one with all the things. <laughs> all the things. And it sounds like this. <laughs> we can definitely have some bike swapping. We'll have a good time, I know. Yeah, I'm going to have heated great. seats. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. All the things. All a cup, the things. Like a cup holder and stuff? <laughs> I, Tassels. She's got I Netflix draw the line. on her screen, probably. I draw the line. It does have a screen. Oh, yeah? Netflix? It does have a screen. A screen. <laughs> YouTube. She's totally going to Netflix um, the entire it does. You live stream um, from What music the are you going to play on this thing? Uh, Spice Girls. Um, now look, it does go to eleven. I'm oh, and Jonas Brothers. I'm really loving their album. <laughs> S- settle down, settle down. Oh, now we're heading for emails, but we need to ask the question. We do. Oh, we need we because there's uh, no escape. Grow up. No, from we're piano, not going to grow. And in fact, knock. I'm out. You're going to ask them the question. No, you ask him. I'm reading this email because I can't read. <laughs> he needs to pre-read. I got to pre-read my so, email. So, as two people who. N- know what you want in a bike and and trev who has the ability to build what he wants and 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 also with a team to build what you need i'm curious what both of your up the butt bikes are (laughs) trev you want to start because you already you got that Uh, glimmer in your eye like you know i'm just wondering you know know. oh i do completely what is it what is it i like doing stuff with bikes that's not really supposed to happen. With yeah. Oh, so yeah, like, we call it motosexuals. Yeah, so like uh, race a GS, 1200 oh, GS on That's Bonneville. different. Okay, um, yes. Take 
say an XR1000, yeah, which has the same motor. I'm talking a Harley? No, 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 no. BMW. Okay, BMW. Yeah. yeah. Uses the same motor that we put in the land speed bikes. That's so, inline so, four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. picture this: two hundred and seventy-eight horsepower on a dirt bike. Oh, cool! Uh, so, you should make that happen right now, sir. Uh, <laughs> I've I've talked to the powers that be. Um, there was a certain off-road race that I was actually going to race this in, and the cer- certain powers uh-huh, that be uh-huh, said, "Uh, uh-huh. we don't want that bike in the dirt." But my, <laughs> the hell, you they don't. And then you touch the your toes, and they're like, oh, "Okay." So my bike, yes, would be that XR1000 with a fucking fast ass motor like, in it's it. like a demon child oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it should not be of well, this it, world it, no it shouldn't you shouldn't ride that I in the dirt it. but Wait, i want to have you seen that thing where some fans took a jixa 1000 made it into a dirt bike yes yep <laughs> I've seen a ducati 748 that they put knobbies on oh uh, and i saw that and i was like okay yeah. that's that's my alley what, I could what do about that. the grom with a pan and galley like oh yeah they're, <laughs> they're all, they exist that's so these weird. bastard children exist all over so caught fire and they had to like Redo the whole project. Oh, jeez. All right, Aaron. <laughs> wow. Come wow, on. Wow, there has wow. to be. Look, you All got right. a whole lot of bikes around I have, you. I have a whole lot of bikes. I have one in my garage that's the HP2 Sport that's I just absolutely love. Those are pretty love. rare. They are rare. This mm-hmm. is number one in the country. It's number 11 oh. of the VIN. So what, numbers wow. one through 10 stayed in Germany, and this is number 11. Wow. Whoa. So it goes up. To eleven, so, it does. The first freedom machine. There, yeah. yeah. So there. Uh, anyway, so that's it. So yes, but honestly, cool I think this. I, so I think in case Shane, my motor builders out there listening, <laughs> uh-huh. a BMW S1000RR that has a turbo on it uh, <laughs> would be the only thing that might be faster than my current one. Oh. A true motorsexual's so, yeah. choice. <laughs> so we well, take then. a current bike, put a turbo on it, and then I think we're we're significantly. Faster than the 242. Can, we I could so I could attach a hair dryer and a long extension cord <laughs> on there. You think maybe that might put a couple little pounds <laughs> of leaf, leaf blower down? There you go. I got one, one last question to wrap it up. Is, do you ever think about going like getting on a faster machine and how fast you might want to eventually go? <laughs> yes, I think about that all the time, uh, <laughs> and every time I think that there's a new. Okay, so I've been now 235 is frustrating because we keep going to th- like we kept doing 235 mm-hmm. so now i'm like okay 250 and i don't <laughs> you, you, we'll see where we go after that but yeah, it, yeah the bar keeps getting higher and i keep saying oh i just want to be in the two club and then i just want and then i keep do we find you, a new goal do so. you want to be in the three club I, build a you turbo know. it might feel good it might feel good like jet engines and shit right i mean yeah it's crazy i mean sure why not i mean you said it's pretty We'll so, see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. You set a pretty s- insanely high bar for the class you're in, so I think you, even if you did like kind of quit that class, I think you'd be okay for a while. Would you say, or well, maybe, I, or you know, I want to, I want to keep riding. I want to keep testing the limits of what we're doing. I want to okay. stay safe. I want to have a happy team that's loving being together. And yeah, you know, I hey, you know, you kind of do want that yeah. 250 bar. I'm just gonna say, you know, All the right. thing is, All right. there it is. Technology is moving quite quickly now. Yeah. So you're not safe. If you've got a record 
Yeah, you can't you can't sit back on your laurels mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. and say, oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be safe for four or five years. Somebody is going to be nipping at your heels. So yeah. you've got to work at this. It's only one Constantly. place and it's down, huh? I will it's say on that three hundred bar, I have two really very good friends who are fighting to be there, and mm. that feels like it's a really tar. Like they'll mm. get it. They'll yeah, get it. but that feels right. like it's a long way from now for me. Yeah. Well, okay. um, real quickly, I got some news to share. Trev, I think this is right up your alley. Are you talking about like um, like a bike in the wrong place kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know if everybody heard the news about Long Way Up. Yes. Oh, yeah. Y'all. Charlie and Ewan are doing it again. Definitely. And they're yeah. starting down at the tip of South America, and they're going to be heading up north, maybe near us, actually. That's actually the plan. Yes. Um, and we all know the story that they ended up riding the GS... 1200s before which you can really trace back to the success of the whole ADV boom was them and they could have been on KTMs but they were on the GSs great for them and um, you would think you know that was that was something everyone wanted to Oh, no, what are they going to ride this time? Because uh, Charlie's into, what, Moto Guzzi's, I believe? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that um, Ewan is... He loves everything. Everything, loves everything. And they... It, it, it's, it's leaked, but is not official. But I can say that I have confirmed um, that they are riding the last bike on Earth I thought they would be riding. <laughs> Me too. Right? Yes. Do you guys all know what they're writing? It's the Harley thing, right? The live, live wire. wire. Oh, the electric. Ready? It is. It is confirmed. Some pictures have leaked, and I've gotten, yeah, I've gotten confirmation from other sources. Um, it has not officially started. They are down there now, setting tr- setting things up. Yeah, yeah. And not just that, they've got electric electric pickup trucks as well. But wow. they also have to have a diesel vehicle mm-hmm. yep. with the generator yep. to charge all their electric shit, yep. which is kind of ironic, yeah. but... Yep. Kind of wankish. Yeah. Yeah. Although, are they are they just using that when they don't have other sources available? Well, this is <laughs> this is South America, Central America. Yeah. There's... Be- being in Bolivia yeah. and Peru, yeah. we've both ridden there, Aaron and I, uh, there's not much down there. Yeah, You, can, you can't find a, a, a cold Coke, let yeah. alone place to charge your damn electric vehicle you're saying so, there's no tesla stations down south america there there might be a couple like in uh brazil yeah, or Columbia, maybe mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. it's gonna be tough um i find it very interesting because um already the harley live wire is controversial hmm. and the reason that ktm didn't supply them bikes for the first one so he said if this fails it can it can tank us yep mm-hmm. and it turned out really i mean putting i mean bmw is already on the map but putting an adventure riding on the map i'm wondering if this is the same situation where it can either break them or make them yeah. i mean this is a huge huge risk that harley is taking i'm kind of surprised they didn't do it on the pan america their new yeah, adventure bike we had one of those yeah. at the last colorado rawhide yep. camp uh, we, one of the harley execs oh, really? brought one out and a couple of the coaches it, got to ride it is it capable it's okay. a harley okay. maybe no no, no problem i understand i don't know i haven't um, ridden it yet so um I want to get to emails, but I, I off mic, I will share with you guys a couple photos I have. 
mm-hmm. friend of mine leaked today, Wolfman Eric Haugen, yeah. Wolfman Luggage. He is supplying their luggage for ah. the trip, uh, which is nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah the leaks, good, leaks good are stuff. coming out. So I do have some photos from a source, cool. but um, there's some. I'm I'm trying to do some intel and look at things in the background, and mm-hmm. I'll share with you because I'm trying to figure something out, and yeah, I have so a feeling to be able to help me confirm nice. that too. Yeah. Secret yeah. So um, yeah, I want to get to sure. some emails. Knock. What do you have there? All right, this one's called uh, New Bike, and from Joel. Joel, Where, where's Joel, Joel from? America. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's titled Fuck Knock. <laughs> uh, should, should we have Sylvan read it, right. the French accent? <laughs> <laughs> now that I have that out of the way, it was great visiting you guys back in April. I had a great ride through plenty of shitty weather back on July uh, to Bike Time Rebel Road in Muskegon, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I had a ton of work this year and I haven't gotten to ride much. That said, I got rid of my Sportster this week. Got a 2007 Buell Lightning Long SS, which mm-hmm. is uh, an XB12, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have my old bagger for long trips. It's got a hundred thousand miles plus wow. on it, which is still running strong. And so much for all this uh, HD shit talk. Uh, <laughs> so he's just, just kidding. Uh, we since we only primarily talk about LARPers. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, back to street riding style. I'm going to need some different gear. Uh, I thought. Though I know Liza loves her stuff from Banggood <laughs> and, and Wish and cheap non fitting shit.com. Um, I'm looking for some real recommendations on brands and places to shop for street style riding gear. Uh, looking for textile and not leather since uh, he won't be racing. You know, no, no race pants or anything like that. Uh, he's not going to the track. And, and you know, I've been known to hang a knee out there, lean the bike over, even uh, or even forget the electric glide doesn't, it's not designed for that. That sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that's thanks for your input. I'm sorry I missed uh, your call a month ago. Uh, I think we called him for a contest. Yeah, for a right? contest. And uh, hope uh, to see uh, see us next time. Right on. No budget, huh? So um, there's so much good gear out there. Yeah. I have to say, I'm going to more and more um, Revzilla just for selection online. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find any place you can go try anything on. And I'll even say, I was because I was looking for another uh, a three-quarter jacket for my trip, and I went to Cycle Gear, and I was really surprised at the limited selection at Cycle Gear for three-quarter jackets. Mm-hmm. Um that said, they still have one of the best selections around. You, there is stuff for you to try on. Yep. But um, Revzilla, I really enjoy this. But the you know, that the big problem is you don't get to try it on. No. But, They've got a pretty um, decent return policy, mm-hmm. though, which is what's cool about but that kind of place. I tell you what, as far as textile jackets go, I love my shift jacket. It mm. serves me so well, and mm. you can't beat the price. I don't even know whether you can get shift gear anymore. Yeah. Well, a lot of it just gets how much money do you want to spend? Right, exactly. So, There's pretty much a direct, yeah. I mean, not always, but a correlation with the more money you drop, and the more quality the stuff. Generally. This is for which bike again? The XB? Yeah. All right, I got it. You want to go on eBay and buy Chaps. some uh, old Joe Rocket vintage stuff. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> no. um, a real Rocket. An armored hoodie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've always been partial to Revit stuff. All my textile, stu- mm-hmm. textile stuff is Revit. I have Revit jeans, uh, Gear 2 pants, which is like a hybrid textile slash leather with leather on the butt and the knee and the sides. Everything else is, you know, it's uh, ventilated. Uh, leathers, top-wise, is always been you know die and easy but for the most part revit makes some pretty cool stuff is I mean, is, is the butt yeah. ventilated not 
Well, we could go there. <laughs> yeah, we because, could make it ventilated. Pat, yeah, I'm sure it needs to be, darling. <laughs> you I was could gonna, irrigate it. I was gonna say, like, in terms of like top end gear, motorport gear is like some of the best. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a motorport suit. The thing cost me fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, but, but that has saved your ass so many times. But I mean, Henry. like, yeah. I've gone. I've I was hit by cars three times while I was wearing it. I'm still wearing the same damn suit. You, you think it's, it's the suit that's unlucky? <laughs> you should get rid of the suit. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw out another option that we don't really talk about much. Um, with more and more co-op garage spaces opening up around the country, a lot of them have a consignment corner. Mm, yep. Yep. It is probably a good idea to go see because you might be able to get a very good deal on some used gear. Yeah. And this is something that really hasn't been available, which is why we started our free gear garage. Everybody we know has extra gear sitting in their closet they're not using. Right. We started taking it from them and, and redistributing it, but it's so hard other than than eBay to find, you know, used gear. Even then a lot of people still don't take the time to list it and box it and ship it. They don't want to mm-hmm. deal with it. So it sits in their closet. But these consignment areas at co-op garages is uh, something new to consider. You may want to see if you have that in your town. You know, one thing else I'll just throw out a little different is I've been wearing more is adventure riding gear. Mm-hmm. You know, the pants and the jackets are real comfortable. They're very versatile. Durable. durable and they're armored. You know, mm-hmm. so ch- don't, you know, check out some of the ADV stuff. And have um, pockets. And it's not terribly expensive. <laughs> and if you do look on eBay or something and you know you're sizing and, and like about the sizing, if you look at it online and read through the reviews, you'll eventually find somebody the same height and weight you are. And then they'll say it was big or small. But um, yeah, don't discount the ADV stuff. Cool. There you go. Bagel. What you got? Uh, I've got an email that says lots of good shit. Here we go. <laughs> Where's this from? This is from Paul Tonks from Australia. <laughs> oh. hey! You get to do the, the voice Barbie. again. Good eye, Mike. Good eye. And Paul writes, how much fun do you lot have? <laughs> I'm cracking up with all the stuff you get up to. <laughs> Liza, this were was a credit to you all involved. Uh-huh. I went yeah. down to the Harley dealership at Newcastle to see the roll up at 7 a.m. on the 5th of September and yeah. what a turn up. Yes. Bikes, and, bikes and women of all descriptions. I know as a man I would have been welcome, but I chose to stand on the other side of the road to check it out. I was <laughs> blown. you. I was blown away by the enthusiasm, the energy of the event, and I was glad I went by. Crikey. Truly a great <laughs> event. Keep, keep the updates coming. Miss Emma, relating to your dirt bike engine size in this week's podcast, there's no substitute for cubic inches. <laughs> what? There's, there's, there's not much you can, you can't do on this oh, right. XR six hundred R. How what great day, what great days they were, and an added bonus was you got to drag the little chook chasers home when they dropped their guts. You, you get a little Vietnamese every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying your career updates and glad you're back at the shop. Thank goodness. Safe riding, Malt. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Uh, Werwer is in Canada. And I did want to give a big shout out to New Zealand. Um, Those girls rocked it. Um, I felt that they truly represented what Werwer is about. They were riding in rain and snow and fog. It's winter there. Shitty weather. They came out in huge numbers. Nobody dropped out. They did it. And that truly represents the spirit of showing the world what women can do. So, yeah. So, shout out to our New Zealand riders. Did Australia have the most numbers? They did. Well, but that's been like that from day Mm -hmm. one of Wurwa. Within the first week of a sign-up, Australian riders just wharfed everybody Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. 
really. I mean, oh. Australia's huge biking country. All right, Emma, I think we got room for one more. What well, you got? This is a letter of complaint. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, yes. I know what this is about. Nah. I think it's a complaint about you, isn't no, it? No, it's not. <laughs> Peter Nelson. Hey, Peter. Okay. And oh. he is from Mukitello? Uh, 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 M- whatever, Washington. M- 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 <laughs> yes. um, That's our buddy, Pete. Hi, Misfits. Hey. I, need, I need to set the record straight about recluse clutches. Uh, because one of your guests uh, made some misstatements Tra- about the monorail. Trev looks show. like he has an opinion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have been using recluse clutches for over 16 years. Mm. And I think they are one of the best aftermarket motorcycle <laughs> parts available. Are you rolling your eyes, Trev? I first installed <laughs> a recluse auto clutch on my 2003 CRF 450, which mm. allowed it to be used in tight single track with stock <laughs> gearing and helped me win a local supermoto championship oh, nice. um, right. I now have them in my KTM 250 XCW trail bike my Honda XR650 Arnock mm. All right. dual sport and my V-Strom 1000 ADV bike they make them for Harleys and the big BMW GSA 1252. Um, first, while the recluse auto clutch does require careful setup, it will run for years without needing any service or adjustment. Mm. The newer versions can be adjusted on the clutch perch if a cable clutch type, and this is what the recluse rep was probably referring to when he said it needed to be checked regularly. Mm. Both my KTM and V-Strom are hydraulic clutches, and neither has required adjustment for years. <laughs> also, if used correctly... Staying in the proper gear instead of abusing the clutch plates, the plates will actually last longer than stock. Hmm. My CRF450 required a few adjustments, but the place lasted over eight years of hard use. Um, Recluse also makes improved manual clutches, as well as the auto clutch now called anti-stall. Um, I, had an, I had an auntie stall. She's married <laughs> to uncle stall. <laughs> Meanwhile, recluse clutches are used by many top racers around the world in off-road MX <laughs> and flat track applications, including Jason Anderson, Colton Harker, Jared Meese, oh, really? and oh, Graham Jarvis, to name a few. In fact, American flat track requires the use of anti-stall clutch to reduce the number of restarted races due to the bike stalling on the start line, exclamation point. The auto clutch engages the clutch perfectly every time, eliminates stalls, helps hold shots, improves traction and tyre life, and generally gives the rider more concentration to deal with obstacles instead of operating a clutch lever. Hang on a second here. Full disclosure... I work for Recluse. I am a Recluse-supported <laughs> rider. Um, but... And now to you, Trevor. But... <laughs> I would, but no, just hang on, guys. But, uh, no, but he's, he lays it on the line here. I would gladly pay full price for their products, even if I wasn't. Um... As a postscript, I still remember riding Liza's Versus on the Cliff Road fondly, <laughs> and I hope to see you guys at the one show next year. Yeah. Um, and fuck Nark. <laughs> if he doesn't put a recluse in his XR650R. You know what? I don't think that's going to happen, darling. You know, I actually thought about getting a slipper clutch for the XR, but it's like it's like an $800 add-on, you know? For yeah, it. but so a like, recluse ain't a slipper clutch. Yeah, card. it's a recluse might be close to it. I mean, does it have a slipper clutch effect? Um, when you dump it? Trev. I don't know. You like, can. Yeah. Now do you, Trevor. Yeah. Come on now. I, I had one in a KTM, uh-huh. and... 
it's kind of cool not having to have a clutch lever. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, an automa- it's basically like the Africa Twin is. You yeah. put it in gear. Twist now, and go. The, the downside was mine was a supercross bike that I made street legal, so mm. it had way too much power, and mm. it's designed not to find neutral first, second, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So mine was a complete pain in the ass. With, yes, the clutch lever, there is the model where you can get the clutch lever, and then you can have that Sometimes you need a clutch. I hate. Yeah. I don't care what kind of rider you are. Sometimes you need a clutch because there are applications for that. So, yes, they make great solid products. Um, but if you do, just opt that extra eight hundred bucks to get the, the slipper feature, so you can disengage and when I, you need it. Yeah, I think to I, to be honest with you, the complaint that was made last week was it wasn't what was sold to him you know it was sold his bolt this thing in it's going to solve all your problems you're going to ride like Graham Jarvis exactly and it didn't and I think that was a complaint rather than it being a bad product since that time that KTM on Tuesday appeared at my place of work I pulled the clutch out and it was burnt to hell Mm. the steels had gone the frictions had gone it was a burnt out clutch i mean it stunk the workshop out for a day (laughs) of burnt clutch Mm. so the clutch itself was obviously burnt out so something had gone quite wrong we went back to the stock parts wait you didn't piss in the air box i did okay and offered him 300 dollars for it but he wasn't biting surprisingly um but um, we put the slot clutch back in, and he is very happy. There you go. Well, thank you for that feedback on the recluse. And I think, you know, the conclusion to draw from that is it's different strokes for different folks, isn't there you it? Go. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, and I wanted to give a big thanks uh, to Aaron and Trev for coming out and oh sharing God, your yeah, story. Oh, God, yeah. Thanks, y'all. I mean, yeah. we're, we're two hours like in. I could keep going, man. Yeah. Just like, so please don't questions. keep going. No. <laughs> it's, an, it's amazing to be here and meet your team and Legit. hang out, honestly. Can we come back? Yes, Any please. Anytime. Please do. We'd we're love that. You can't come yeah. back until you break another world record. It's just we, we, have, we have a standard here, So too, Tuesday? You know. How about so, it? So, all right. back to San Francisco. Correct answer. Like, all right, I got work to do. All right, I'm on it. Aaron, <laughs> I'm on I've, it. I've got a record for you to break. Yes, ma'am. 500 Ks. Uh, let's see, 500. Uh, so that's 300. All right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, let me get on. Oh, sounds we'll, it's, it sounds really yeah. We'll five, 500 Ks per hour. Okay. There's your record. We'll work on that. Come wow. back and talk about it when you've done it. Okay. Because I know okay. you will. <laughs> There you go. We'll work on that. And, and, <laughs> thank you, and Emma. Sylvan, thank you for coming and uh, sharing your story and, and yeah. meeting us in person. That's awesome. Thank you for having me. I mean, yeah. isn't it great? Here in this studio, we have a legitimate world traveler. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we have legitimate... World record holders. World record holders. What? Yeah. This I'm is a legit show this week. Yeah. And, and we are on the World Wide Web. Cool, blimey! <laughs> and I'm a legit couch potato. <laughs> and, and soon you're going to be on the World Riders Women Relay. What did, what did yes. you Women, Women Riders, Riders World Relay. Relay. What did, yeah. you need to say something? Um, I'm going to say something about this, yeah, because uh, so a couple of weeks I went to Bonneville for, for the weekend. Yeah. I think I've got some pictures of your two bikes. <gasps> oh, that's I, awesome. Out, yeah. Wait, were you so there? Like, I will send them to you. Were you there two okay. weeks ago? Uh, oh. Yeah, because I tried to talk to pretty much 
as many people as possible uh, to ask because I've always been interested as well in going to Bonneville for racing so now I know uh-huh. that it's doable so that bike I almost also tried to get it to, uh, to race it for the uh, bring what you brought bring what you brought yeah. oh, so, and, uh, but then I, I realized that yeah that engine has to take me down to Argentina and then to Africa <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I said well okay yeah. I will so uh, do it Good call, dude. I will, Good I call. I'll finish, finish the trip, and then in two or three years, I'll come back with that uh, bike and another one. You'll be back. You have, yeah. our, oh, you yeah. have our information. Oh, and, yeah. We'll uh, hook it up. Oh, and, yeah. and the, the funny thing is, I was talking to many people, and uh, I was amazed that you can basically walk next to the people just walking on the bikes, and they take the time to explain you. And like, well, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just a visitor. You know, like, what, do what you have to do. I said, no. Well, so where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And then... Uh, like three or four people told me like wow so you are you are riding around the world that's crazy i'm like dude you just went 250 miles an hour on the soul <laughs> <laughs> and i'm the crazy one i'm about to say something three, very american three or four people told me that <laughs> yeah. y'all crazy <laughs> y'all, y'all crazy y'all crazy uh, no so thank you all for coming we really appreciate thank it you. and thank you to our listeners yeah jim you got one more thing just one announcement a uh, shout out to our good friends in la uh, ashley oh, and yeah. jay but uh, if you don't know jay was in a crash a while back yeah. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't been able to ride or work, so they're making stickers, and they're pretty uh. funny. So I just want to give a plug for them. So you can go to Flying Banana Inc. <laughs> on Big Cartel, I think it is, or go to her Instagram. It's uh, Slay S L A Y J A E six six six, and they're making just a bunch of funny stickers, and they're they're great people. So cool. you can support them by I'm into it. Great. Stuff. Well, if we're throwing out websites, let's throw out HunterSillsRacing dot com. Yeah, you. that's Thank where you can go. Follow your yep. y'all's antics for sure. I see pictures. Of Snoopy and Woodstock yeah, and uh, all yeah. that, and find out um, where you're going to be racing next. Do you know where you're yeah. going to be racing next? So um, we will be in all likelihood on the Uni Salt Flats in Bolivia, July mm. 24th to 30th next year. So we're putting nice. the whole Bolivia. effort together to go race on the world's largest salt flats. Wow. There will be yeah. uh, Max Biaggi will be racing oh. an electric oh. uh, uh, streamliner. There. You guys have altitude to contend with when you're there, right? We do. Yeah. Yeah, but the air is less dense, so it's yeah. less, so there's pros and cons. But it'll be another one of the world's fastest well, cars and bikes Aaron, there I at think, the same time. I think actually I'm going to be there with fellow misfit Brandon. Ooh. Because oh, we're, right. Yeah, Ooh. we're taking one of the electrics down there. Yeah. Nice. Yay. So awesome. see you there. <laughs> yes, Perfect. please. Sweet. Well, awesome. Thank you again, everyone, for coming thank again. You. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And a special thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Who are great and the awesome. yes, bestest cheers. people in the world. And also, thank you to everyone who emailed. Keep them coming. We appreciate it. On that note, I think we are ready to get out of here. I think yes. so. Thanks again. This is Liza. Sylvain. This is Nock. Bagel. Emma Darling. Hey, it's Aaron. Trev. Henry. Sarah. Nick Jim. Christian. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. Thank God. Ring, 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 ring. Au revoir. All right. Au revoir.